The following podcast may be explicit. It may contain references to and examples of bodily functions. It may also contain infantile humor and profane language. It may also contain some useful information about the tabletop RPG hobby. If you find any of these things offensive, stop listening now. What you should not do is give us a bad review on iTunes because you do not like one of these things. Thank you, and enjoy the show. Eye for an eye, the way that we're rolling, and we got some more fast crying and told we will shock you. We will all you. You will never understand all the hurt that befalls you. Opportunity attack, what's that bitch? I got a big back scratcher, you a bad itch. You're a weak bite, like a flea bite, and we'll kill you like a pony on the prom night. You never knew what hit you in the lock went click, bang it's something like a sinner in a jack chick. Little pamphlet, yeah. Thank you for joining us for Season 15, Episode 12 of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. You're chewing. I know. I'm eating my dinner. This is Jada. This is Stork. Bill, I mean my dinner too, but I could say my name. My name is Chris. I have a crouton. <laughs> All right. We got, it's, uh, very, it's really good for dry bread. We're just back from the wine tasting. <laughs> You know, I understand why birds like this stuff. <laughs> Dried bread is good. <laughs> yeah, toast. Yeah, toast. Um, President's Day weekend, February 7th, 8th, 9th, and 10th. 6th, 7th, 5th, and 4th. 12th, 13th, what? <laughs> yeah. And uh, apparently, if you have not Valentine, already put a game up, you're behind. 12th, 13th, 14th, and 15th. Stu already has his games ready. 12th, 13th, 14th, 15th. I've got my Edge of Empire game up there. It's going to change. <laughs> it may not be a, yeah. end up being a kid's game. I'm not sure. Possibly. Maybe not. Don't That's know. a great idea. Don't know. Just do Edge of Empire, but with Ewoks. That's for kids. <laughs> Don't you remember the nerd rage when... when Return of the Jedi came out because mm-hmm. the Ewoks. You remember that? Mm-hmm. No. Come on. I, I ever, as I recall, everyone embraced the little fellow. Oh, stop it! They were like, "Oh my gosh, what a fine addition to the canon." Well, I was an eleven-year-old girl, so I thought they were awesome. Yeah. <laughs> we were. Would have. I would have been. We we're old. Older than me. Well, yeah, but if you got to figure what seventy-seven is when the first one came out. 76, 77. Yeah. Okay, so eleven, mm-hmm. twelve, thirteen, so, 14, like so, like fifteen or sixteen. Right, but you were already emotionally like sixty. You were just—I was. Those crappy little teddy bears in this movie. <laughs> Screw that. That was Harrison Ford's reaction too. He's like, "Do you really want to end your epic thing with the teddy bears fucking picnic?" So, <laughs> really? <yeah. laughs> well, he was right. I still can't believe they haven't just gone back in and changed them to Wookies digitally. That's what they were supposed to be, but yeah. I know. It was supposed to take place on or whatever the name of that planet is. Yeah. That's exactly how it's pronounced. However you pronounce K with 12 R's and 9 yeah. Y's. <laughs> right into it. Email for uh, anything. Oh, let's see. If you want to email us, email us at happychecksrpg at gmail.com. That's happychecksrpg at gmail.com. Follow us on the tweeters at uh, happychecksrpg, all one word. Uh, or on the Facebooks, happychecks.org slash Facebook. If you want to listen live, we're recording on Friday nights for the next couple months. So you can go to happyjacks.org slash live on Friday at 8.30 p.m. Pacific time, which we were damn close at starting on time this time, I would would point out. Yes. And uh, you can listen live and watch live there because there's some video cameras and and they're grainy because of bandwidth. 
Um, I think there's anything else. I think oh, the forum has exploded. There are so many people active on the forum now. Yeah, uh-huh. a lot of new faces on the forum. A lot of fights. There's a lot of fighting going on. Nothing a fight. Nothing bad though. No, no flame wars, but fights. There's a lot of people like fighting. Like, really? Like punching each other in the face. So sledgehammer yeah. duels? Mm-hmm. Yeah, with yeah. words, though. Yeah, well, yeah. Word sledgehammers. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah. But it's still in the face. Yeah, I would I would request that, uh, that anybody who has previously not listened to the Star Wars Traveler actual right. plays because of recording quality, mm-hmm. um, jump in on Episode 9. It's a great time to re-engage with... Uh, with what we're doing, right, and hopefully uh, it sounds much better now. Holy crap! My my iPad could transcribe this entire podcast because I accidentally hit the new. The little oh really? Thing and it was oh, do that because I'd love to have a searchable <laughs> text of everything that's said, so that you could that put it, scary. and people can go into the Google machine, yeah, and put in. <laughs> I want to find out where they talked about this subject. And the fact that it's National Cheeseburger Day, which, by the way, it is. Is what? it today? Yes, it is. How did we it's not have cheeseburgers today? Yeah, we failed. I had a fucking salad. That's bullshit. I had soup. I had yeah, a cup of had a soup. But it had cheese on it God and bread in it. Damn it! No, there was no cheese on yeah, it. It was the blue cheese. No, Rafetta. That's not. What did you call me? Rafetta about it. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, someone tweeted me. Uh, Timogen <gasps> tweeted me and said mm-hmm. it's National Cheeseburger but Month. I love cheeseburger. So if you go back to older episodes where horrible things were done to cheeseburgers, cheeseburgers right? It will, it will. That's like season three or season two. By the two, way, all it? listeners that are live with us tonight get an extra five XP. Yeah, because nice. cheeseburger, and right? you don't even have to fuck a cheeseburger, right? Thank that, but you that, should. That cheeseburger God. was just asking for it. Did you see the way I was looking at it? <laughs> see the way it was dressed? Yeah. <laughs> you see its buns? <laughs> see the dressing? I mean, it, Thousand buns. Islands. Whoa. <laughs> you know what they do on those islands? <laughs> Bacon wrapped, sexy. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Right between the his two round buns, two all beef patties, mm. special sauce, special Here, sauce. If you're gonna read the one you printed. I give that one to Chris. Oh, okay. I, I do it in Courier because I thank you. I have old eyes. So that I why need, I need an old font? See, I do. I do mine. So when I this is exciting for people listening home. How we do yeah. the notes, <laughs> right? But when I go through what it, I put it in, in a different font that I like to read because I'm doing it. And then I try to I put as many on a page, and then I put the little continued. Oh yeah, there I you quite go. like, like the this font. So do you like that font? That's yeah, is it Arial? The thing that's funny is when I don't tell you I'm going to do it, and I don't print it, and then I spend time doing it, and then I show up and you've printed it like I, well, yeah, so like th- the day before you even fucking gave it to us. And yeah, I'm like, well, I did, why did you do that? again. That's what I did. I, right. I, I printed it yesterday when I did the thing. Good. I like that color paper it's on. Is it goldenrod? It's goldenrod. Yes, it's goldenrod. <laughs> you should take a photo of that and put it in the show notes. It looks yeah, looks green on the camera. Which is Han Solo's pet name for three PO. Goldenrod. Goldenrod. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure that's not the safe word? That's in. That's from the fanfic, I think. Actually, I think it's from Empire. <laughs> Email from Dance Train. Dance hey, Train? Happy Jackers. Oh, I should check the sound. Oh, did, did I check the soundboard? No. I don't know. You got. You got yeah. a Soul Train thing in the Soul <laughs> Train. <laughs> no. Happy. Ja- <laughs> hey, Happy Jackers. This is my first time writing in. But I've been an on-off listener for about four years. So I apologize if the enclosed question has been discussed in the A past. A discussed subject. That has never A discussed subject anymore. in the past. Before. Before. I'm just going to help you read. That's fine. <laughs> A quick prelude 
to my situation. I haven't played in about six years, so I was excited to get an invitation to play in a Pathfinder game. We were going through one of the modules, but it became quickly apparent that I now, one, hate Pathfinder, and two, hate modules. (coughs) I blame you guys, mostly. Yeah. So, I ordered a bunch of Mongoose Traveler books. Yeah! Yeah! And hijacked this group of min-maxing murder hobos and forced them to play a new game. Good for you! That's going to be my next band, by the way. Min-maxing murder hobos? Hell yes. That's a good name for a band. (laughs) It should be a a bluegrass Mm. band. Emo. Emo band. Emo. (laughs) It's one of the songs. Emo bluegrass. I have a banjo. You have a banjo? I can't play. Banjo. Not band show. I didn't know. I thought there's different podcasts you're about to (laughs) cross-promote. I have a banjo I can play slowly. Well, it's emo. It's perfect. Oh. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I wish my lawn was emo so it would cut itself. <laughs> I was proud of my players. Traveler really brought out the role-playing in them as they tried to build backstories into character creation, using the connection mechanic to get extra skills and explain their connections to each other. They mentioned how much more engaging it was to create a character in such a manner. The first game session was a major role-playing success. The players avoided most combat and even went so far went as far as to frame their dilettante's brother, his enemy, uh, for their blowing their blowing up of a research base. I will avoid further details and skip to the question though. I have an NPC that is an ally to the players and also becoming their main patron. He's housed, fed, and advised them. I would like for the framed brother to come back from hiding in a few months, and murder this ally, but I want the impact to greatly affect them. I'd be really happy if you could make at least, if I could make at least one, at least a player or two tear up. I was wondering in what ways you can build a really strong connection between your players and the NPC. What have you all done in the past to establish a bond between NPCs and PCs so far, I've started doing session recaps from this ally's perspective in diary format to further build the bond, but I really want to cut deep. The, the, I believe the the LARP twins call that a nut pinch. Mm. Nut pinch. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, thanks for everything you do. <clears throat> Dance, train, PS. Drink, motherfuckers, drink! Oh, I'm on Woot. it. This is fantastic. This oh, IPA so is fantastic. Which one, Which this one is, is really this? Good. There is more. I have the Cali Belgique. You want to try that? I haven't. I haven't even opened mine yet. Try the Cali Belgique. 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 And then put it on the end. That's good. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, that's what I want to talk about: making strong connections between players and NPCs. Mm-hmm. You can make you can create mechanical connections and story connections between PCs and NPCs, but how do you make your players have feel a connection towards an NPC? <laughs> That'd be my first step. <laughs> Making them smell your okay. burps. Mm-hmm. Well, humanizing them. Yeah, right. Sure. Yeah. Yes. 
I think that. I think uh, giving them specific qualities that are not just a narrative or role play, but that are very human and real. Mm -hmm. Um, I think of, this isn't a role playing game, but if you've seen John Wick, uh, John Wick, I have, yeah, yeah, John Wick is an awesome, badass action movie, right? But there's that movie, that moment in John Wick where in the beginning of the movie, spoiler, puppy, the puppy. Yeah. So he gets a dog, which is a, a, touchstone for him emotionally right uh and you know why when you watch the film uh but at some point uh, he gets a shit beat out of him um but they you know and he's he's close to this dog but they kick this dog and then when he comes to the little puppy is right next to him with the blood trail right and i just think i think if you give a character or an NPC, something like that, that's very natural and, like you said, human, um, that people can relate to, mm-hmm. that isn't just in a game context, that that kind of pulls heartstrings. It does, absolutely. That may be even actually a good way to introduce an NPC, is to have a dog come up and bark and grab onto someone's legs. And one of the player characters like, ah, kicks the dog away or something right? like that. And maybe, like, it, you know, some young boy goes, no, it's my puppy. Wait, wait, right? don't hurt him, don't hurt him. And then you feel like an ass. Right. Mm-hmm. And you've got the connection. <clears throat> yeah. I find it, a lot of times, you can't predict which NPC the players will latch onto. And so you have to keep your radar up. And then when they do figure out how to then integrate that NPC more uh-huh. into the story. Um, it nev- I could never figure out a way to do it, but the immediately positive reaction that the entire group had to that stupid Gungan doctor, Anar Shaddaa, <laughs> holy crap! Everybody's like, oh, I love that guy! He was a mouth! Oh, and I was like, oh, how- I can't figure out how to get him back in the mix. And he was a, a, he was a result of a critical failure, too. Right, yeah. right. So you don't know where it's going to come from or who's going who's gonna to click. From a from that, it's positive because what, so what I I get that um, that dance train is trying to have happen is he wants something to happen where the players have a, a, a an emotional reaction where they're like they're really upset that it happened. I think it's easier to set up those kinds of NPC reactions when it's um, when there's somebody at the, that the party wants to get right because it's easier yes. to have those back and forths. Where like with in the in the traveler game with hate is an easier reaction, right? Yeah. It's like oh, it's the fucking mm-hmm. starfall. You gotta, you gotta mm-hmm. sense where he might be or hear him, and it's like oh that, ah! right? And yeah. That's an easy one to pull. The harder one is, and it is getting them to fall in love with a, an NPC. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have a deep and abiding love for my character's rhino. That's very true. That's <laughs> now, very true. Is that only because of the mechanical advantage of the fact that it's a badass? No. Remember when she got hurt? I, Chris, was deeply upset by that. I'm like, kill my rhino! <laughs> I didn't even know if it fit where we were in the game. I'm like... <laughs> I, and now you're separated from her. I was I, I was going to bring up your um, your example of Birdstaff. Mm-hmm. When we played the Eldemy get the first time, um, you, you had invested a lot of time in making this character sort of interactive and a mentor to the to the players. And, and he stuff. was very much kind of a patron like this character right. he's talking about in this um, and You You actually <laughs> often, because you got tired of us leaning on him and you got tired of sort of playing him, and, and he was on the cusp of kind of coming being a DMPC. I never killed him. No? No, you didn't. But he... he was, in fact, he was captured at one point, and you guys mounted a very daring rescue. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. I do. 
Yes. Now, um, <laughs> the problem I can see is that the more you invest in this NPC to humanize him, the more he becomes a DMPC. That's a danger. Right? And I could easily see it becoming to the point where uh, it's he's become one of the PCs and such. And, and I, I think in order to avoid that, what you need to do is come up with an ending that's suitably tragic and horrifying that will spur and really affect the characters. Like... You know, not just that his house blows up when they're not there. Like he gets shot from a sniper in front of them, or, or uh, maybe like uh, in the Incredibles, it's like they get a phone call and they run over and you know I've got the baby, right? Something, <clears throat> something like that, where the players are, are helpless to help him, and watch it happen. And I think that will affect them more than just trying to make him. Well, you gotta, you have to build that connection first. You do, and it sounds like they have one already. Well, there's, he's trying. He's trying to build one, but he wants to, he wants the players to have a visceral reaction when this character and that's off. And that's why I say it's the offing that should give them the visceral reaction. If you if they, if if you off them in such a way that they have to witness it and can't help, it will deeply affect them. I I think that's true. That's uh, sort of something I was thinking about. If they can't uh, assist him, and also if it if it seems shocking, like surprising, like yeah. they're not expecting it to happen. And it just happens. Or I- even if it is the aftermath, if they if they come in and he's dragged himself across the floor and is you know there's a blood trail and he's written out a last the yeah. setting the, yeah. the, 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 mm-hmm. the, the the setting for that scene is telling a story mm-hmm. or critically like I just ate my mommy's eyeballs something like that where right. shit just suddenly gets real and now all of a sudden the way you offed him is so horrible and so tragic they will be deeply affected. I think that I think the, everything you're doing is going to endear your character to the players enough. Without you becoming a DMPC and without it, I don't think you need to worry too much about making them like him anymore. I think you need to make his ending so dramatic that they get affected by it. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, th- I, I think it, investing... If you really want to have a character that really seems like a person to the players, because that's really what you kind of need to try to do, you got to fire on several cylinders. You have to make this someone who helps the party out when they're in need, Pulls their mm-hmm. their shit out of the bacon, it, you know, because like, nobody pulls. wants shit in their bacon. No one wants shit <laughs> Very in their bacon. Strange metaphor. <laughs> he did well, mix his metaphors. I there. did, I did <laughs> mix my metaphors. <laughs> he said you pull the shit out of the bacon. Right. Well, yeah. So like, you don't want your shit so in the helpful. bacon. It's That's like in the shrimp. We have to take out that black line because right. otherwise, you're yeah. Eating shrimp. Oh, because <laughs> you're eating. Po- yeah, you're eating shrimp, shrimp poo. <laughs> <clears throat> well, but you you have it. What it and. And, and and even appeal to some of their baser instincts as player characters in Murder Hobos. And when, when the party needs something, maybe materially, maybe this guy can provide it. Well, he, he when says the party needs healing, maybe this guy can provide it. He has. He says he's housed, fed, and advised them. Right. He's be- and also become yeah. their main patron. Get to the point where it becomes, it affects the the players on various levels. You're going to affect them on an emotional level. Also affect them on the level of, oh, fuck. What are we going to do without this guy? Well, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because po- that's one of the reasons I had Xavier Birdstaff arrested. Because you guys had really relied on this guy too much, I think. So I pulled the rug out from under you and said, oh, no, he's been arrested by the new emperor. Yeah. Sorry. How do you, how do you think you pull the... Pathos, bathos, strings versus the shock and horror more than, you know, because someone who's useful and, you know, who they rely on and who's been there for them, definitely you get pissed off. 
get so you have to you have to make the care i think you have to make your what you initially said is right you have to make the character seem human and seem like a genuine actual person Mm -hmm. maybe show some of his faults yeah maybe show some of his flaws some of his weaknesses maybe this is the guy who comes along and helps you all the time and you go in and ask for help and it's late in the middle of the night and he's passed out drunk with three or four bottles and he's completely useless so the party kind of puts him to bed and gets everything neat and and nice and now suddenly okay he's not just the guy who like is the dispenser of stuff he's got some he's got some problems he's got some demons and to build off that if that was the case and then they invested in hey like this guy's been helpful to us we like this guy we know he has a problem and then you can use it and say like he wishes he wasn't that way. He right. needs help. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and then they get invested in maybe we can make this part of his life better, mm-hmm. right? Then then you get them in, invest in that. And then when you decide to however you take them out, have it related to that, mm-hmm. right? So it's like oh, you did all this work to to help provide his salvation or to help him through this difficult thing, but then that's what eventually. Yeah. becomes part of his downfall because mm. then it's it's a lot more Guilt. meaningful, right? Right, poignant, right? Or give them yeah. the other thing I was thinking of is is give them some kind of moral choice that involves the NPC, where it's like you can you can save the little girl or save the NPC. Mm-hmm. So they're involved in the decision, and it's a hard decision. And then what do they what do they have to do? Because then they're actually a part of of that moment. Right, because there's there's a lot to that, or you know, no, no, you guys, or he's telling you, you guys go save that girl. They realize if they do, he's going to die. But it's the noble thing to do, and he wants them to do the noble thing, and it falls in that. But then there's that uh-huh. that pathos as opposed to yep, he got hit, he got his head blown off by the sniper. Well, now we're know, pissed, and we're gonna they're gonna get do revenge. some of that anyway because the Deltons' yeah. brother is is the enemy and he's and they, he never would have known about their ally had they not framed him right so now all of a sudden he's going to be like well yeah you fucked with me i'm going to i'm going to fuck with you so he's they've already kind of set up this whole thing where oh my god it's our fault that he died because we brought you know sure and maybe <clears throat> maybe you don't kill him mhm maybe the the enemy the enemy of the party goes after someone he cares about instead yeah, family, kids. Puts him in a position where he's blackmailed. Yeah. You know, grabs, mm-hmm. kidnaps his kids, kidnaps his wife, kidnaps, you know, somebody. And now he's in a position where he's not acting of his own accord anymore. Maybe, and then the party's like, why is he yeah. suddenly being an asshole to mm. us? What's going on? And then, oh, fuck. And, and, and this is kind of our fault because... And you yeah. did a good job with that in the L5R with Mr. Higo and... Uh, uh, yeah. Who's the Who's the leader of the Korean clan that we were? Uh, Your daimyo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, His name fell out of my head. But anyway, you did a good job yeah. at Rinjiro. At at, we, at some point, we realized that he was being pressured from all sides, and uh, we were. Oh my God, our responsibilities are a lot more intense than we thought. You know? Right. Well, and was uh, Kueda right? The bar guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, fans like dug that guy and so did it seemed like the party did too i mean you could probably speak to that stork but i know dave had an affinity for kueda yeah, yeah that was the guy that you left in charge of the bar he, 
the big loudmouth guy, right? Yeah. Who ended up you ended up standing outside the gate shouting yep. his apologies yep. for two days. Right. Days. Yeah, yeah. That's I just got <clears throat> That that's shivers. right. That's right. That's how that character got <laughs> yeah. introduced. He was he had been a Ronin and he had yep. heard that yep. Renjiro was taking was taking Ronin in to the fold. So he stood outside and confessed all uh-huh. of his sins out in front. For, and Renjiro made him do it for like a day yeah. and a half or yeah. two uh-huh. days yep. before he would. And it, f- then then forced him to break his own sword. It really endeared yeah. him to all of us no, he and the fans too. It did. Too. It made right. him it made him real. Made him human. And then didn't you kill him? I killed him in the in the after. <laughs> no, it was. No, it was in the it was yeah. in the post because it, yeah. it was. He he basically there was an affront. Someone came in. Oh, Akita, okay. I think, came in and said something about the about your family, and uh, he basically um, challenged That's him to right. a, a, a duel, and. He was killed. He, he suffered a mortal blow, but before he died, he was able to kill the guy. So he actually technically won the duel, but he ended up mm-hmm. dying afterwards. Most nobly. Right. Yeah. Standing right out front of the white ash and stone yeah. sake house. So you did a really good job at, at making these NPCs that just sort of appear, got popped up out of necessity. He had, these he, well, he was, he was a character who had it totally inadvertently. Because I just I, I uh-huh. knew I wanted to put this guy in, but what happened to him afterwards all had to do with the party. Uh-huh. The only reason he was in charge of the bar is because the party trusted him to put him in charge of the bar. Uh, but he ended up having this whole kind of story arc through a large portion of the thing, and that I mean, but that that's a he. I mean, he's laying the foundation, but that took a long time to get the party to probably took. Six sessions mm-hmm. before, and, the and he was sort of a touchstone. Whenever we, we went to town, we would go and visit and see how he's doing. Make sure know. that he wasn't running the place into the and, ground. And if you would, if you would, uh, you know, thought about it, or if you <clears> wanted <throat> to, you could have. He could have been married. He could have been. I'm dating someone. Mm-hmm. And the next time we come back, he had a child, and then you know, right. maybe if the child gets murdered, we would have been horrified. Or if, if right. his family dies in assassins, well, he, he did. He, he did have a. Done that. Yeah, he had a child. That's that right. was that was in the in the post. His wife was pregnant when he was killed. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So it's so doable. in case someone wanted to play son of there's there's something the to that man. flaw piece that in making a character more real because Jib's in the chat room and was uh, reminding me of a, a character that we kind of fell in love with in the Pirate Pathfinder game, uh, Clockwork and and uh, Rob Skaggs and I and uh, Mook, but it it was he was like, why did you guys love that guy so much? And it was because he was an underdog. Like, he got picked on and kicked around by everybody, you know, in the in the narrative of the ship. And he's an NPC, so it was like, he was our dude. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's lots of ways to do it, I guess, without it becoming a DMPC. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, and it, as long as you... That's all about the GM's perspective. I mean, you're not... You're not there as a player. This is a for you as a GM. You have to have kind of a cold, calculating. This is a plot element. Yeah. This is going to be a very emotional plot element. I'm going to mm-hmm. squeeze as yep. much emotion out of the players as I possibly can with this thing. That's why he's there for me. You want the players to have yeah. the whole warm and fuzzy thing, but this GM, you kind of need to stay cold and calculating. Like right. a you, you need to be like George R. R. Martin, and you need to just make it like uh, completely out of the blue. That Don't it be just like the shit out of him. <laughs> I think he rolls dice. I came to the conclusion chapter. that he doesn't actually know how to tell a story. No, he doesn't. What he knows how to do, he has the ability to make people care about characters. Yeah, 
and then he does horrible things to mm-hmm. them. Yeah. That's his version of storytelling. Well, that's what needs to happen with this. So there, there yeah. was um, <laughs> also tell a story. <laughs> there was a, so there was a thing I tried to set up, which was um, which for me was a challenge, and, and it was kind of specifically to pay off to Dave, which was when you guys finally meet Darth Anon, who you've mm-hmm. chased for eight episodes, eight right, sessions, yeah, yeah. right? And it's a char- it was a character out of Dave's past specifically, and that was kind of what the impetus for the starting the game was. And his master. His and future. his master, right. right? But that was but the idea was that when he had the final face off with him, and it sounds odd to say to a Sith, but he had a moral choice to make. Mm-hmm. Right? Because there's even though he was a cruel master, he was still his master and there was a relationship and everything he was saying wasn't necessarily wrong. No, you, my you character liked a lot of what he was saying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Such a great job and, at, at, at making that dilemma. Right, really and so then, it, so the, my hope was, and I talked with Dave afterwards, was you know I wanted that to be whatever decision he made to be really meaningful. So whatever happened with that NC, NPC was meaningful, right? And I think that whether it's no matter what you're trying to get to in this, right? Because the the question that got posed was, or, or the topic is. How do you make strong connections, right? And and we're talking mm-hmm. a lot about how do you evoke that pathos, right? Mm-hmm. But it can be loyalty, it could True. be it could be anger, it could be just whatever it is. It's because what you want is when either that NPC is mentioned, or or they meet that they see that NPC or they meet them. Like you want all the players at the table to just be right. Like you all freaked out when in the last it's the one that just went up in the Star Wars game when it's like oh, I don't know here's an idiot's race cure Starfall. And else was like, oh, son of a bitch! Like, right away. And I'm she, like, and for me, it was like, yes! But she's all, victory! I, I don't swear. I never, yeah, the beginning of the show and the end, I was like, my motherfucker! That's right. My and that's, I'm like, but Whoa. that's what you guys chose, which is, I think, the impetus on the GM, is that was one of a multitude of NPCs I had where right. things just kind of happened, <clears throat> right? And it was like, you guys immediately locked into the, well, we're going to go on a ship, we're going to do this. And, and he's become. A major character in the story that was never what? intended that way, but has evolved that way. And you have to be able to go with the evolution. And if you want to make the players hate an NPC, have let have him get away. Oh hell yeah! That <laughs> nothing will engender hatred, yeah. burning, seething hatred, like the motherfucker fucked us and then got away with it. Yeah, <laughs> that will always kill them. Yeah, Every somebody, time, somebody and sometimes said it's that hard to get them to get away, oh, right? Yeah. But and you don't want to. You also don't, though don't want to make it where it's like you don't want to play the. Uh, and I think I saw this in the chat room. The immortal NPC here, card. Here's this. Oh no! no yeah, it's here. Oh no! Oh, oh yeah, no, they no, always no, get sorry. away. <laughs> no, you can never catch them. Ha ha ha! Right? Because I definitely, in my mind, there is down the line. One way or another, some big Cure Starfall payoff that's going to happen. Sure. Right? And it's and the hard part, I think, and it's with whether it's with pathos or revenge mm-hmm. or whatever it is, timing that. So it's you're because you're trying to get it right at that moment when the player's like, yeah, that was the payoff mm-hmm. we wanted. Right? And it's hard. And you can, uh, the other thing you can play with is ha- get us into a situation where it's very critical and things are time critical and there's something we need to do right away. But all of a sudden, oh, here comes his ship. There's an opportunity here. Right. We can go. Mm-hmm. And then you have to have that situation where you decide, no, no, we got to get paid. we got to make the payments. we got to do this. Yeah, whatever it is. got to do again. 
and then and that's only going to build that even right. more. Right, and, and I think that's the thing that, that is so fun from the mm-hmm. GM's chair is I want to put situations in front of players where they're deciding what's going to happen, and it can be A or it can be B, and I'm not really trying to push you down a course, but you know what happens if you choose A. <laughs> right. Right. Or you know what ha- or at least you think you do. What happens if you choose B? And it's like, ah, and it's exactly that. Fuck, if we do this, he's going to get away. But if we don't do it, we don't They're, save the day, mm-hmm. we don't make our payment, or whatever it is. Right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, that's what Stu said the other day about Moto Sin. He goes, I, I had no solution on how you guys are going to find this guy. You came up with a solution. I just said, mm-hmm. this guy's here, and I've left it to you guys to figure out how to right. get him. You guys decided to throw a party. Yeah. <laughs> and you decided that it worked. <laughs> so I'll get I'll give a little in, in this ties into the NPC thing. So when in in episode nine, which is the one that's up so you can hear it, so close your ears if you listen uh to the the traveler game. Um but when you were in the prison mm-hmm. and then it was like, Oh, and then there and then at the starport and he gets away and Stork, you said you were like out of character, but you were like, Oh, that's probably fucking Starfall. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I had no idea who it was, <laughs> but in that second, <laughs> it was Starfall. Right. <laughs> right. And I think that's a huge tip you can take from your players in every way, whether it makes them aggravated, whether they love somebody, or whatever it is, they will tip you all the time. They face things like, "Oh yeah, and I need somebody to go." It's like, "Oh man, we should send Kinjo because he's great. Like he would, he'll do it." And then you're like, "Sure, Kinjo can't wait to uh-huh. do it for you." Right. And then because you're near playing directly into what the players yep. love, hate, fear, or whatever it is. Uh, Lokio said, Stu, uh, not only let them get away, have them embarrass or fool the party. Mm. Yeah, you it's did hard that, to fool. You did it's that hard with, to the, fool players. with the Scarlet Nightfall. Uh, that, that, that kid got away, and we never saw him. And he got away like twice from mm-hmm. us, and he was leading those bandits and stuff. And, and we never actually were able to tie that thread up, I don't think. I don't think you did, no. Um, but yeah, he got away from us like twice and right. pissed us off. There's all kinds of untied threads. Yes. One day we will revisit. You almost, you almost got fooled by, by the Mandalorian. Yeah. Almost, but, and it was only because you got. And I was. Did you running, take his armor? And I was. I was on a clock. Yeah, I guess. And if you guys like, I specifically was running a clock for that scenario, and he in, in except for you pesky kids, he would have gotten away with it. <laughs> except that you specifically, the group specifically said, "We're taking another hour." Yeah. And I was like, "Okay, well then this thing's going to happen now while you're there." If I you would have left when you left. first we talked about took leaving the armor and left, and and yeah. it was Rob that goes. I said, "We're missing something." Rob says, "Let's just give it another hour and then we'll go." Right, and then that's when events start unfolding, right? Because it was because I t- and I took that idea from you and Dave from that one game you ran at the con where it's like things are going to happen on a timetable. We actually had a clock, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. the clock, and so I had a, a like this many this much time at the facility, yeah, and then this is when it's going to happen. And that was just one thing. Like, yep, it's either going to happen, and maybe you're there, or maybe you're not. And you timed and it you, just right. And we were you right was, on the verge of, frust- right. of frustration. And you never, you never left a certain place. Right. And it's like all it would have taken is you not being there, and you know it would have been a, a comms call or maybe nothing. Maybe it just happened. Yeah. So there was interesting circumstance that you guys held, but he he kind of got away with it, but not really. You thwarted it. See, weren't fools. Almost. <laughs> almost. Almost, fools. almost killed us all. Would have been a very short game. Uh, 
I just wanted to mention, I just opened the Q&A. So if you're watching this on the Google Pluses, Google Pluses. Uh, the Q&A is open, and somehow you can type, and through the interwebs, a thing will come up and tell me that there's a question. It is... I don't know how it works. Carl C. said, I hate villains who escape. Kill them. Kill them bloody and awful. (laughs) Yep. But but is it a better kill when they've gotten away once or twice? yes. Absolutely. Definitely. Like Syndrome when he gets sucked into the jet engine. You know? You everybody cheered. No capes. No capes. No capes. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh... Thank you very much for the email there, Dance Train. Very provocative talk. Very provocative. Very provocative. Very provocative. provocative. <laughs> Love the cover. Uh, I can read this one, I guess. Thoughts on Pathfinder. Oh, I like how one. you picked the short one. You yeah, the, really short, or, the only or, short one. Or someone Dick. else can. I don't care. No, no. Go ahead. No, no. Fine. Okay. Hi, Marco here. I help run a con, and we get a lot of Pathfinder to society. It's awesome that so many people enjoy such an activity, even though I don't get it. To me, it doesn't seem to be as much about the role-playing as it does the stats and the characters and getting rewards from the modules. Am I wrong about this? No. So, I was telling a non-role-player about Pathfinder Society, and they came up with a great analogy. Pathfinder Society is the fantasy football of the RPG world. Thought that was <laughs> hilarious, <laughs> and I had to share. Yes, if I started by working <coughs> on the backlog, I was worried that it wouldn't be the same as the more current stuff, but it is great. Okay, it is and it is great. Someone's lo- Lokio yeah. is losing his shit in the chat room. Yeah. What did you spoil? I don't did know. You spoil something? He said, spoiler stork. Jesus fuck. I don't know. So what he's did I serious. Spoil? I don't know. Yeah, what is it? What Lokio? did you say Clarify, like 20 please, seconds ago? Angry person. We were talking about Star Wars Traveler. I don't think there was any. We didn't talk about anything that wasn't already live. Okay. On, on the interwebs. Well, maybe he hasn't listened to it yet. Maybe that's, that's the his problem. Fault. Well, it's just, it just came up Christ. And why is it me? Bill's, Bill's the one that spoiled it. I agreed, though. <laughs> it was you, Stork. Jesus oh, you're fuck. right. It was me. Why not? By the way, I got this for your for in here for your bathroom. Oh, awesome. Is that like stop pooping? <laughs> no, it's, it's a poop. Sign. I just put it on the door. It's yeah. a stop sign. Okay. That's, yeah. that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, so you show the, I'll, I'll show the... Look at that it's is. a poop sign. It's a poop sign. Uh, that's awesome. Thank I'm, you. I'm so Thank glad you didn't pick up the yield one. That That just makes it weird. Yield, yield for poop. Yield for poop. Void where prohibited. That one's just like slippery. It's, a, it's like wet. command word poop, which is a little used D and D spell. It is. Four point five edition. Oh, syndrome dies in the Incredibles. Oh my god. Don't didn't we have a moratorium like in a movie that's more he's than kidding. five years old or <laughs> yeah. something? Because we got I'm tired sure of tiptoeing kidding. around Firefly, and we finally were like, "Oh Jesus Christ!" It's if yeah. you haven't watched it now, you're too late. That's funny. I so do you remember when they well remade, done there, Loki? Well when they done. remade King Kong. There yeah. was the remake yeah. that yeah. that the wedding guys. Yeah. Um, I was in the theater. The one with what's his name? Yeah, um, Jack, Peter Black. Jack. Jack Black. Jack yeah. Black. Yeah. I was in the theater, went and saw it when it came out, and. A row in front of us at the end, there was this girl who's crying, and we were a whole bunch of. And somebody says, "Why are you crying?" She's like, "Oh, I can't, I can't believe they killed." The-. And we're like, "What? Why? Never? <laughs> never <laughs> had never seen? Had no idea oh how King Kong ended? God, that's and, and we're like, and that's not wow. the first remake of King Kong. No, no, <clears throat> there was but, one in the seventies with um, Jessica Lange. Yeah, yeah. and." Oh, uh, the That's dude. just uh, Harvey Keitel is the opinion man. And the dude. <laughs> Jeff Bridges. Yeah. Jeff, Jeff Bridges. Bridges. Yep. <laughs> just your opinion, man. 
Look, I'm the dude. If you're the El Duderino, if you're not what's, a what's his name? Thing. What's what's his name's name? The third guy. The third bowler. What? The I third don't remember. Bowl- oh. Bobby? Robbie? Oh, Bo Bridges. Oh, there's no, another no, no, one? No. no. The ball licker? No, 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 no. No, the <laughs> third. The, there's three of them. The, the, the guy who was yeah. in uh, uh, the gangster movie, the one that just ended. This, the series what that just ended. What are you talking ended. about? Uh, Steve Buscemi. Steve Buscemi. Steve Buscemi. Uh, okay. What's his character's name? In what? F- quick. In quick King chat Kong? Room. No. In Fargo. No. Big Fargo. Right. <laughs> in Boardwalk Empire. God, not in Boardwalk Empire. Never mind. <laughs> in, in First Responders. No, none of us understand what you're talking about. It's oh, not just no, me. No, I do. Okay, Steve Buscemi. Yes. Was also in the Big Lebowski. Yeah. Yes. What yes. was his character? Donnie. Donnie. Okay. <laughs> I, knew, I knew what you were talking about. So okay. I just didn't know the name of the Because <laughs> remember, he's up there and he's doing the thing. Shut the fuck up, Donnie. Shut the fuck up. And he's empty the can and the clothes all back on him. <laughs> you're out of your element. You're, 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 you're out, out of your, your league, element. Donnie. You're out of your element. Fuck up, Donnie. Shut the fuck Yeah. If I had hair and could do a flat Donnie. top, I could totally pull off what's his name. A big CA Dave went in as as one hundred. Dude, I'm telling you, with the, with the I'm, red shoot, yeah. yellow shooting. I'm glass. telling you, I know you don't want to do it. I It'll don't want to shave it. No, shave your goatee and go as Kingpin for ho- for the holidays. <laughs> Holy crap! I need I'll, to watch those. I can shave my beard and go as King Kong Bundy too. You should, or just put a wig on and go as King Kong. <laughs> And have your kids be airplanes, and you can just. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's adorable. And then climb Stork, because he's kind of like the Empire Steeple. He's tall. My back can't I, handle that. Me, thing. me, and words have problems. Carl, see, sorry. All right. Me, uh, by the way, of the big giant ape movies that have been made, Mighty Joe Young was like the best. <laughs> that's the one that. Speaking of like caring about an NPC, right. at the end of that one, you're like, oh yeah, oh yeah, man. that was that tore me up. <clears throat> that's like, old ass movie too. Yeah. Which one? Mighty Joe Mighty Young. Joe Young. Oh, that's Shirley's there. Thoughts on min-maxing from I Ben from Texas. Have, you mm-hmm. might have questions in there. Oh, let me check. No, there's no questions. Oh, okay. Tomes was all excited. There were questions. Tomes, you're come on, dude. Letting me down. Yeah. <laughs> down. All right, I'm gonna Bruce. I'll, I'll, I'll throw. My don't let me down. down. Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm gonna take this one because it's. Don't I'm taking down. a bullet. We can, I always thought we can, that was we can do shift. I have to like tag rest. out at some point. I think second Oops. shift might have to come on at midnight and take this. I should be over. Whitey yeah. Bulger. Is that an insult? What does Whitey no, Bulger look no, no. like? The, it's the new Johnny Depp films. It's Black Mass. He's he was the mob guy. He was the guy that was hiding out in Santa Monica, like under everybody's noses. Oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the guy that we used to put on um, yeah. sunglasses and show up on uh, yeah. on like. NBC and and do right. like, interviews and shit. Okay, you should be like the re- you should be like the retired, um, like cleaner guy, the guy who's like who's the the bald guy in the white t shirt who's yep. the Mr. Clean. Mr. Clean, you should be retired, Mr. Clean. <laughs> like you're not like crazy buff, and we're like, I think I haven't like Mr. Cleaned in like. Wow, he's got, you, got, you got like stained kind of, wife beaters. Like wow, Mr. Yeah, Mr. Really Clean let himself go. Yeah, wow. Hey, Mr. Mr. Seed, I could play anyone who's really let himself go. <laughs> No, not anyone. Not just okay. A- th- there are, are a few. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Thoughts on min-maxing. Thoughts on minmaxing from Ben in Texas. Greetings, most excellent and audacious douchebags. This is Ben from Texas. I would like to request a southern accent, if I may, and a southern accent from Kimmy, if that's possible. It isn't. 
It's not. No, she's not. Kimmy did a southern accent on one of the older episodes, and in my humble opinion, the Russian accent is but a shadow by Colonel Sanders. I thought you were dead. No, I've been finger licking my chicken. I think you probably dead on did what that guy was expecting. Pretty soon. Yeah, I I think so. Speaking of older episodes, I was recently sampling a tasty nugget from the backlog. Including some entertaining commentary on Min Maxim. Like uh, the the topic is obviously much discussed, beaten to death, raised as an undead, and then violently dismembered in forums across the internet. That being said, I have some thoughts on the matter that I don't believe have been heard on on the show. To begin with, <laughs> Min Maxim means to me the practice of building a character mechanically with the intent to produce the most effective character possible by spending resources efficiently. This is independent of but often coincides with power gaming. And power gaming means to me a playstyle motivated by winning the game as opposed to telling the story. When I am building a character, I don't consider the mechanical choices to be a part of the role-playing experience. Well, Instead, third, third voice. I want the mechanics to reinforce the character concept. When I'm role-playing a character, it doesn't really matter what numbers are on the character sheet, sir. If I want to role-play an intelligent character, those traits are conveyed by the character's words and actions. No NPC is going to ask me what my intelligence score is. Oh my god, it's so long. Let's, thank you. Let's consider a character concept. Let's say we're playing Dungeons and Dragons, and I'm building a warlock. Well, I want my warlock to be a bookish young man who delved a little too deeply into arcane knowledge. He discovered a link to the Elder Gods. Allah call of Cthulhu and forged a dark pact to gain unnatural powers. Say it again. But now, in D&D, mm-hmm. warlock powers are <laughs> charisma-based. But my character is supposed to be highly intelligent and not at all charismatic. <laughs> well, if I build the character with a low charisma score, then his dark powers won't be nearly as terrifying due to the rules of the game. So, I build him with a high charisma score. <laughs> but that mm-hmm. doesn't affect how charismatic the character is when I play him. He's still just the creepy guy with the dark secret. Say but it. because I min-maxed his ability scores, brethren, now his spells are intimidating <laughs> instead of ineffectual. And the story benefits. Amen. Well, I think that when a character's building, the goal should be that the resulting mechanics will reinforce the story you intend to tell, rather than describing the character concept directly. If I create a character that's good at stealth because he intuitively understands how other people will behave, and could be everywhere that his adversary doesn't expect him, rather than being especially agile, he'll still <laughs> fail every stealth roll if I don't give him dexterity. Now, these examples are more about working Whoa. around weaknesses and the way that some systems work. And I'd be surprised if Stu hadn't said something about GURPS by this point. So, let me bring up one final example to determine my point. Demonstrate. Whatever. <laughs> Stu has mentioned a story once or thrice about a mage that he built in GURPS. The summary goes something like this. The Stu. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you should read this part. Cause the character story. was built with a lot of points towards learning spells and less towards raw intelligence. The resulting character had weaker spells than a character with less points toward learning spells and more points toward raw intelligence. <clears throat> the reason being, he's not that smart. It was important to the character concept because he had to work harder at his majory than, than other more talented mages. So my question is thus, when role-playing the character, how often did the number written on your character sheet come up? 
It seems to me that the plot distribution was a role-playing choice, as though filling out the character sheet was part of role-playing. To me, it's more important what happens during the game. The mechanical consequences of the point distribution is that the mage's spells were less effective than another mage with the same amount of points and more in intelligence. Now, if having weaker spells contributes to the role-playing, then I'd say the most distribution was well chosen! If, however, the intent was that the character was just as powerful as the equivalent mage, then the point distribution results in game mechanics that don't reinforce the intended story. To portray the character as less intelligent, you can use the character's words and actions. Putting extra points in intelligence doesn't stop you from doing so. So, basically, I think that min-maxing when building a character doesn't necessarily detract from a role-playing experience. And in some cases, it's the only way to build a character that plays as intended during the game. Sometimes it's necessary to make choices when building a character that aren't consistent with the character concept if the resulting game mechanics actually reinforce that concept. Let me take the last paragraph for you. Oh, yeah, would you? That's great. Thanks. Okay, you got it. <laughs> Sorry if that was especially long. Massachusetts is in the south. Era. Right? Era. Era. But hopefully it will provide some interesting discussion. Thanks okay. for the massive quantity of excellence and entertaining advice. Ben from Texas. Uh, yeah, that's actually an interesting point mixed into all those horrible southern accents. Um, on... If if what if min maxing actually helps your character? Well, it does help your character, yeah. and from a story standpoint, not just mechanically. What does that mean? Well, I think the thing I thought actually was interesting in that was when he was saying that mechanically the spells work off of charisma, but I don't want my guy to be charismatic, so I'm going to dump points into that just for the mechanical effect because I want him right. to be ominous, but I'm not going to play him that way. I'm not going to make him a really charismatic guy. But it, sure. Isn't that no different than I'm going to dump stat X because I want the other stat to be higher, but I'm not going to play that I dumped stat Therein X. lies the rub. That's what min-maxing is. Yeah. It, right. it, it is it, it is dropping something for the benefit of something else. Mm-hmm. So if you want to play a dumb character, but you give him a high intelligence... I mean, I suppose you, that can be done. You can come up with some way to do that. You could say the guy is... It, I mean, it totally depends on the character concept, which to me is always mm-hmm. the most important thing I'm, I'm trying to look for yeah. when I'm building a character, <clears throat> is who is he first, and then build that guy. Then, you want obviously, you want to try to make them effective at the things they're good at. I mean, uh, yeah. there's nothing... We, we talked very early on second third season about the 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 distinction between a min max character and a character that is optimized Optimized. like there's something you're good at there's no there's no problem in spending points on that and the character like it it talks about the GURP character that GURP's character that Mm -hmm. I made that had a low intelligence and he had high majory but he ended up spending a lot of points on his spells he was as good at a few spells as most mages would be at a lot of spells. Mm-hmm. And if you know GURPS, those two effectiveness, the effectiveness of those two characters isn't very different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, yes, I can only throw fireballs, and this guy can throw fireballs, and stone missiles, and this, and, and you know, yeah. nine or ten other things that he can hurl at me 
that do almost the same amount of damage as the fireball. So, well, but why? You know, what's the difference? He still throw a damn good fireball and can keep up with everybody right, else. That, yeah, so he only throws fireballs. So what? Right. That, that, that was the point. But I, that, and, the, and the, the character concept I'd come up with was not a guy who's going to have 160 IQ. Well, here's a sentence here that that yeah. that I keep coming to it, and and it's it's I'll read it to you. So my question is thus: When role playing a character, how often did the number written on your character sheet come up? Well, the number on your character sheet informs who your character is. I agree. Whenever mm-hmm. we play, I'm constantly looking at what my stats are. If the are. high numbers don't inform who, who your mm-hmm. character is, do the low numbers inform who your character but, is? But they absolutely do, right? I mean, yeah. God knows in the Elden game, when I was playing a, a certain paladin who will go nameless, <laughs> um, I constantly was rolling against like, oh, hey, this is really, oh, God, this guy's dumb. Uh-huh. Right. Right. And so I would roll and like, oh, yeah, I wouldn't think of that. Or like, I'm going to make a bad choice sure. mm-hmm. purposely right. because the low, the low number is influencing it. So if the really awesome strength number and charisma number was influencing what I was doing, my really shitty intelligence right. should do that and get me into trouble. Because mm-hmm. yes. he, he argues that. He says, to portray a character as less intelligent, you can use the character's words and actions. Putting extra points in intelligence doesn't stop you from doing so. And I disagree. I, I constantly look at the framework of what my stats are and play the character that way. In fact, I remember Bruce in your LDB game kept saying, oh, I'm well, not smart enough to know that. It's There's a distinction here, because if you're thinking specifically of D&D, yeah, you're making a character who's got intelligence-based spellcasting. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. you need to have a high intelligence. Yeah, it's even yeah. That's what it's all based on. In a, in GURPS, you could have a low intelligence, but you can buy a high right. majory. Yeah, so you could. In D&D, you would hand wave that and say, okay, my character is dumb, but his intelligence is high because he's a good spellcaster because he's got natural talent. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it's which it's is forty. There's actually a character for that. Which works is really hard. The, the sorcerer, <laughs> but 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 that's kind of a dopey way to deal with it because that's the limitation that D and D puts on it mm-hmm. is your spellcasting is based solely on one of six attributes, right? Yeah. <clears throat> In GURPS, there's two things going on that are affecting your spellcasting ability. There is your innate magical ability, which is your majory score, and there is your IQ, which is the the the, your effectiveness to learn spells, right? Mm-hmm. So there's two different things. You can have one low and one high. You can have a mage who's super, super smart and has very low majory that has it has its own limitations as well if it's too low, but he has to spend, a, he has to compensate for his lack of talent with his high IQ. Inversely, you can have a low IQ yeah. and a lot of lot of talent. You could have as a well. savant mage. Well, in fact, in Dragon you? Age, there is a savant mage. You should. So if, oh, really? you, if you want to play, if you wanted to play a dumb mage, you can do it. You can build that in GURPS. Right. And in fact, now because in the old days you can only have three levels of majory. Now you can have as many oh, levels yeah. of major as you want. So you can build that character who's just amazingly talented at. At, ma- at, at casting spells, but as dumb as a rock. Definitely, definitely casting fireball. You pay like right. 20 points for uh, another point in int, and you can get some of the level majory, like 10 points. So you can get like two. Well, yes. Yeah. You're, you're going to be at a disadvantage at a certain. No, but you could actually buy higher majory without bumping your int. Yes, because yeah. that's mm-hmm. it. They, they've. This is kind of getting out into the woods, but <laughs> fourth edition, fourth edition GURPS, 
Agony. Uh, fourth edition GURPS <laughs> has uh, really kind of subdivided the four stats in a lot of ways. Perception breaks out intelligence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, majory breaks out from intelligence as well. And I, th- I, off the top of my head, it's been so long since I played. But there, there's will and yeah. other cheap things that you could will. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's other cheap things that you can buy that can bring certain aspects of the four stats up. So. Yep. Yeah. It's just a more it's a more flexible character creation system. So I so, I still want to go back to that sentence which yeah. is still bothering me because I know when I play my characters I I look at my stats all the time to make sure that I'm staying within that framework that setup. Sure. And I don't think a lot of people do that. His right. his argument is uh, I wrote them down so I could make an effect and I never look at them again. They don't affect the way I play it. I right. I do what you do. Stark. <clears throat> I do, I do I do too. I and I and I think you can you could look at something for example a high int score. And you can you can subdivide that if you want. Like you say, like, oh, yeah. yeah, my character's really high intelligence. And you know what? He's incredibly book smart. He has no common sense. No common well, sense. Yeah. Like look at look there, at Dave's character in, in Star Wars Traveler. Uh-huh. This is the thing I actually love that he did. He's like, ah, he's super powerful and everything. It's like, oh, how much does that cost? I don't know. I have no concept of money. Right. Not because he's dumb. Not because he's gullible. He's like, oh, I don't pay for anything. People give me shit. Why would I know what that is? <laughs> right. Right, and it's so it it's a it's just a slice of what that is like. All you know, you could have a really intelligent mage who spent all his time in the the wizard's library. Mm-hmm. He gets out in the street, and people could shuckster him constantly. And yeah. You're like, oh, oh my god, how dumb are you? It's like it's right, not, but he's not. He's hyper intelligent, just in one vein. Right, and, and, I mean, even in even in D and D, there's intelligence and wisdom. There's two yeah. scores there. So you could, if you wanted to make a dumb character, you could conceivably say, "Okay, I've got a high IQ and I've got a really low wisdom." If you're building it, not rolling it. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, but okay. What about the argument then that people make? They ignore the stats once they're rolled up, and then just play the character that they want to play. And, right. and it, does that serve the story? They're because they're they're still making a fun character that they want to play. It can they, they had to put stats into certain. Or, I don't. Or, I th- I think that's a. That that's a limitation of a, a poorly designed game. Well, okay. <laughs> you can. I, I have no problem if someone wants to do that. Um, as a GM, I would. The only time I would have a problem with it is if you are also ignoring your dump stat. If you're saying you're going to go in and try to convince and fast talk your way past someone with your seven charisma. I'm sorry. Oh, I. There's going to be a problem now. Angry GM always it rails on us for the fact that we enjoy the losing. You know, we like to set. You know, we right. like to lose and we learn more. about it. he's like, "Fuck that! You guys are fucked up. You guys are don't know what you're talking about." <laughs> and uh, I don't think he's actually used those words. He did on his latest post. He says, "You know, <laughs> it was all but you know the the ampersand and and stuff like that." Right. What people actually say this shit is you know what it what, what is the, but my my point is that a lot of people. Make an effective character, and then don't. They don't honor those. They don't honor the stats. That yeah, because otherwise, around. what's the point? And it, and that's fine. If you, if you're not going to honor the stats, then you need to come up with something else that makes the character interesting, other than just him being bitching. Yeah, at everything. but it's D and D. If you want to role play, play. Well, but, okay. Even if it's not, <laughs> even even if you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I I know. What did you say? That's not I said, necessarily yeah, but true. That's D and D. If you want to role play, play a different game. Yeah. <laughs> 
I kill me. He's saying to me it's more important what happens during the game. The mechanical consequences of the point distribution that the mage spells were less effective other than a mage with the same amount of points and more intelligence. Right. So if someone doesn't want to play their high stats, that's fine with them. But I want to make sure you play your dump stats. That's right. To me, that's that's. But I think that and that that gets down to the like. Look, the thing that makes characters interesting are their flaws and their weaknesses. Yes. Right? There's there's always that right. argument that Superman is the least interesting superhero because he freaking does everything unless mm-hmm. it's green kryptonite or magic. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Everything else is like, oh, oh sure, travel in time, I'll fly backwards really fast. Uh, lift lift a planet? Yeah, fuck it, why not? Right? And you're like, oh, but then I think that's why, in sticking in DC, why <laughs> Batman tends to be more interesting to people because he's got flaws and he's mm-hmm. got pain in his back history and people are like, oh, I can connect to that and people are going to going to dig into that. You've got well, issues. You right. like, dress up in a costume and spend your fortune on crazy shit. And he's just a normal what guy. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. If, yeah, because if the character sheet doesn't inform the role play or the character, I mean, what's the point? Why not just grab bag whatever you want? Character sheets mm-hmm. are holding you back, man. I did not say that. But that's the argument about min-maxers, is they, is they, make, said, these, they make these incredibly, you know, killing machines that are really, really great at it. And they don't, yeah. and they don't bother to with a four charisma, right. right? And that maybe they don't like that. I don't want to play a tragic character. My life's tragic enough. I want to win at everything. I want to come in there and kick shit. Right. You know, and I, you know, it, is is that fun? And it's fun for them, but is it fun for everybody else at the right. table? Well, I mean, and yeah. it depends. That's that's where as a GM, you have to, like it's part of what do you want to run, but it's part of what your do your players want. And if your players are like, oh look, we just want to make a bunch of badass guys and gals and just kick the shit out of everything. Okay, Yay. I don't know if I. Want to run that a ton? Let right. it be fun for a while. Sure, you know that'd be cool. And and as far as the D and D role playing thing, I actually think we're we've done some super cool role playing in Eldamy. Oh yes, yeah. like, oh I agree. I agree. And and I don't think we've let the system hold us back. <laughs> I, I am terrified. The next combat, whatever that might be, because I know it's going to take a long time. Because hmm. combats take a long time now. Unless it's Chris stabbing somebody, that doesn't ever take long. <laughs> that does not take very long at all. Monks so are effective. As, well, I mean, especially Monks when it's Bruce. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, but no rhino. You I know. Have, you don't have your rhino. I miss her so much. <laughs> what was this about a wyvern? Wyvern? A wyvern? Is it wyvern or wyvern? I don't know. It depends on the way you put the wyvern. Let's text him and see what he says. <laughs> Givern. It's a givern. Givern. Gibbern. <laughs> They're saying that the Q and A isn't up. It is. Alervant from the forum yeah. asks, "How can a how GM can a GM be, be subtle? subtle?" That's what I was. Gonna he say. couldn't get into the hangout. G and A is this supposed to be Q and A? So I'm sending it in here for him. Yeah, because that's the question I've had on my screen for. <laughs> but it's it. I, okay, I, cool. I just saw it. Cool. How can the GM be subtle? Be subtle. How how old I tried is that to ask, question? From? I asked for context, but it was back when we were talking about your Mister Clean costume. That was a while ago. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I was I like, know. context, please, and they were too busy chatting amongst themselves. Tom, context that shit. Yeah. And and let me know. That's Mister Tomes, and it was Alvarant, I believe, who had the question. Yes, it's me and Mister Tomes. <laughs> me and Mr. Are you moving on? Me and Mr. Tom. Mr. Tom. You're going perilously did close it. to <laughs> <laughs> Stu did it. Stu went there. Did it. <laughs> 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 Stu 
<laughs> Who's snorting? Oh. It's a toast. Mr. Tomes, Mr. Tomes. Long time call no from high Mr. Mr. Tomes. I'll read it. Okay. Konnichiwa. Konnichiwa, you daimyos of douche. In case Stork reads this, which he isn't, and bungles the Japanese, that's pronounced ko as in koko, ni as in the joint in your leg, chi as in cheese, and wa like in water. Then it's daimyo as in the 10 cent US coin and a greeting from a Philly native. Daimyo! Yo! <laughs> I soaked up Philly like a sponge. <laughs> it's Chris from Osaka. Hey, Chris. It's Chris. Hive mind on the internet. Hold on. Subtlety does not come natural. <sighs> not someone else. You're not clarifying. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Are you sure? Okay. And it's been a long time since I've written in. It's also been a long time since I've been active on the forums or even listened to the show. Real life had, as I believe Tim put it, made me its bitch for quite a while. My gaming group has also, thanks to new jobs, new babies, and new marriages, sorry, pretty much dissolved. (laughs) It's been more than six months since I've played in the game, and I felt as if I didn't have much to contribute. I kind of fell off the Happy Jack's wagon. But then something miraculous happened. Did you want to do something, Gesture Boy? No, go ahead. Okay. A friend who I played Netrunner, a card game similar to Magic with, said he wanted to get a Monster Hearts game together, and we managed to recruit a second player. Our first session was at the beginning of August, and I feel alive once more! Exclamation <laughs> point. I started listening to the podcast shortly after that, starting with season 15, because I felt it would have something to contribute now. I'd forgotten how much I missed your drunken banter, toilet humor, clearly audible gastrointestinal processes, and occasional nugget of useful RPG advice. It takes a lot of work to maintain a weekly podcast, having tried and kind of failed at doing one myself. So I want to give a massive thank you, capital letters, to all the hosts, especially Stu, for the amount of effort you've put into the show. I've said this before in an email long ago, but there have been times when your voices helped me through some of the lonelier times of being an expat in a country that doesn't speak my native language. As much as you like ego stroking, mm -hmm, I know you like emails with questions in them even more. So here goes. The second session of our Monster Hearts game was last week, and although I'm overjoyed to be playing again, we can only meet about once a month. Schedules don't allow for more frequent sessions, even one that are online. Even one that are online. Ones. Okay, ones. What are some ways to maintain enthusiasm for a game that meets so infrequently, especially one that is almost entirely character driven and sandboxy? You want to? Okay. As always, thanks for producing such an entertaining podcast week after week, and take a drink for me. Drinking. Drink. Fuck. (laughs) Preferably one of those sake bomb things you all drank to the L five R actual place. Sake bomb. Those were rough. Great idea. Those were kind of. We were like. Do you want one of these? There's more in here. Yeah, well, that's trade. All right, I'll swap you a beer. Uh, so, uh, Jane, that's <laughs> Jaw as in Java, and Nay like a horse. Chris in Osaka. Jane. P.S. Congratulations on getting into World of Darkness, Stu. It's a fantastic system, though I prefer new to old. I think I might too. P.P.S. Yeah. Stop! Don't you're shooting! You're shooting at me! Yeah. Don't be afraid to check out Changeling the Lost. Stork. Does look like aerial cockroaches. No, no, wait a minute! It's the second time he's picked on me. I actually I've liked Changeling. I've read Changeling. I dig Changeling, and I also want to play Mage. Okay. As, but I've heard Mage is a bitch to play. Tyler mm. Tyler said he hated it. He probably played old. Yeah, he did. He did, and he said it was hard and everything. But I've it's, looked at Changeling, and I really like. I think, like I think playing Mage would be hard to GM because Mage's 
in World of Darkness are really, really fucking powerful. Well, and I like the magic system because it kind of can build stuff yourself and you can kind of create your own fireball. It's very, on its own. Yes. It's really cool. And Changeling's really neat because they spent a lot of time with the mythos and the, they've got the courts. I've, I've got like five or six setting books for New World. Yeah. I've got Promethean, Werewolf, Vampire, Changeling. Maybe I only have four. I just bought Dark Ages. Counting is hard. It is hard. Wraith? Wraith. I don't have Wraith. Wraith is I don't have good. Wraith. That's, that's basically you get a ghost, right? You're yeah. You're the ghost. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, I've looked at Changeling and I like it a lot. And I've looked at Mage and I also like it a lot. And I would love to play a Mage game someday. I've heard tell that Dresden came out of uh, a Mage or Changeling game. I would not be surprised. Okay, continue. Lokio says he hated New Mage. Couldn't stand it. But Benji says he'd be happy to run a mage. Yep. Game. Nice. Look at that. <laughs> yeah. By the way, by the way, Benji's like gone over the freaking yeah, top right now. He's like, oh, I've got 19 games. I'm prepping for the next con. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Benji, you're local. You should come up and do a show. Yeah. yeah. Or at least me. snuggle. Aww. At least spoon. Sure. Tuck in. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to finish Chris and Osaka's PPS. Okay. It's my second favorite uh, acronym. New Help. World of Darkness. New World of Darkness. I'm like, what's the new one? <laughs> Line after Vampire the Requiem, though it can be pretty depressing. There will be a second edition if it's sometime soonish. There will be a second edition, excuse me, if sometime soonish, comma, two. And then we have a PPPS. Beep, beep, beep. <laughs> <laughs> Screw that angry GM guy. <gasps> he blocks me on Twitter because I talk about Dungeon World too much. <laughs> he loves Dungeon World. He said he loves Dungeon World. And then here in se- session, uh, Season 15, Episode 4, that you're thinking of asking him to run a game of it for you? <laughs> Fuck that. Hell yeah. If you're still thinking about inviting Happy Jacks listeners to run one-shots of games, they know well... F- for you guys, as you mentioned in Season 15, Episode 2. Wow, this guy does his references. I'll run an Apocalypse World-based game for you. Not that jerk. <laughs> <laughs> well, have you both run games How do you really feel He's about put his money I can't his quite tell. So, how do I, think, I think Hivemind and Angry GM, they should co-GM. I think Ooh. you're right. And then Spoon. Fire and Ice. And, right, and Benji could be uh, the middle of the Oreo. It's a go. role-playing game version of Blades of Glory. <laughs> In Monster Hearts. Your favorite movie. Don't want to close my eyes. <laughs> um, all right, so the question before, was... Before we go to this, hold okay. on, because we have something right. on the table here. Ooh. Okay. Um, okay, let's try this re-context for prior question. Subtlety when you're trying to guide players toward a plot hook without going, go here, retrieve the seven keys of Ventusler. Tips and tricks. Very quickly... How can you subtly guide the players toward the plot hook? Well, you give them a newspaper with a lot of different plot hooks in it. And then when they go after the one that you weren't planning on, you make that your plot hook. You know, I... Let, let me, <laughs> That's subtle. Let me just say, I'm recording... I, I'm calling it the GM briefing. And it, it is a, a, a short, like, 15, 20-minute podcast. I recorded the first one. You're not allowed to listen to it because you're in the vampire game, and I talk a lot about the vampire game and plans later right. on. But Stork doesn't listen to this shit anyway. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I know. But let me just say, 
I gave you guys another fucking newspaper. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> and here's a little tiny article at the very bottom about a woman who runs a bar for the last 50 years. I know it, it, it and I put it in there because I had three inches of column space I needed to fucking <laughs> fill up. Seriously. And what do you do? You go and you rob her fucking house. Well, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so, it, yeah. Anyway. I, I find that the way I, I try to subtly direct is mm-hmm. I... And it doesn't always work. But I have different <laughs> stuff in mind of where I want you guys to go. And I wait until you tell me you've found it in a weird way. Huh? Like, I mean, being, like for example, in Star Wars, like, oh, we did this thing. I'm like, like, you know what? I bet that guy, or we should do that thing. I'm like, I'm like oh, mm, yep, that's where it is. And then, right. I, and, then, <laughs> and then I put it in there. Right? Because right? I find that like, when I'm trying to do it, right? And this, and this was the flaw in Episode Nine. I had all this stuff. And I was like, okay, hey, great. I'm going to get this information out and everything. Stork Mr. Roll, shock. And <laughs> so there was a piece of information that could have come there. Mm-hmm. Now, that same piece of information, trying to be smart and have multiple places I'm giving out the subtle clues, was was in the arrest records of the guy, which Elspeth asks about. And I go to my notes, and I read the wrong thing. Oh, no. And I'm like, oh, blah, 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 blah. And then I'm like, well, what about this? Oh, blah, blah, blah. And I'm off the top of my heading. And then later I realized, oh, well, shit, I never said this thing. <laughs> Which may may or may not have led you down the right path, but it would have been another piece of information right. in the puzzle that wasn't there. Um, but it's, I, I don't know. I think as a GM, that's where you have to be yes-ending and reacting. Because yes. players will oftentimes jump to a place that's way... We've talked about this a lot. It's way better than what you've got planned. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And you're like, oh, yeah, oh, that's Stu's good. a big fan of that. But you do... It's like acting. You have to listen. Yes. You can't just be blocking your character. Stop talking because I have a plot to give. You have to listen to them and go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's much better than what I had in mind. And, and I think you do this too, Stu, but that's why, to jump on our other band, I like one note. I've got stuff up. Somebody says something and I'm like, oh... Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Like, oh God, I got to remember that for later. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I'm That's screwed fun. because I've got to fold that in someplace. In, in the latest GM briefing, I talk about, <laughs> about the I, I talk GM about the fact. Wait, that, when, yeah, when did you? Did you I haven't put talk? it up yet. Okay. It hasn't. It's not up yet. I'll put it on the regular feed, but it's going to have its own feed as well. Mm-hmm. I don't know how often it's going to come out. I'm guessing twice a month. That's cool. You should Won't do it. Weekly. You should instead. You should do it every other week. <laughs> Are you this, having the? Do you think so? Is this sort of in place of the douchey DM? Is this what you're going to do instead of posting? I don't do that. Advice? Post those anymore. Uh, I posted something recently. Anyway, um, I talked about the, the fact that if you want to re- reward player curiosity when they become interesting, interested in something, make it fucking interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Make that just abandon what you're doing and go after what they want. That's how you're subtle. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because at the end, slaughter your babies and let and if they find something more interesting, <laughs> it's an expression, that's, Chris, or it's an really. expression, or Not just really. repurpose them. Really, it's you can do that too. Your darlings, slaughter your darlings. I had yeah. Stu and I talked about this, and after the Traveler game is done, I want to whenever that happens, I want to like compare our one notes because oh, I'm yeah. very fascinated to see like how I organize yours. Uh-huh. But I've got, I have, a, I have a one thing. It's just NPCs. Right. Right. And I've got them subdivided in different ways. And then at the bottom, I, I have a thing that says, as needed. And I just have a slew of fucking names with nothing attached to them. And so <laughs> I like, can show oh. you the vampire one. Yeah. Okay. I can good. show you the vampire and, one. And so when somebody's like, oh, and, and that happened in the last game we played, it's like, we want to talk to this guy. 
We're like, okay, great. Uh, yeah, there was two guys that did that. Because I didn't want to just say there's one guy or something. There's two guys that did that. Okay, what are their names? Boop, boop. Like, I just go down. Right. And then I just open up and go, like, dig it, dig it, it, notes. And then I, later I go through and like, okay, I move them up to this new and thing. put them in, M- in, a, in your NPC tab? Mm-hmm. Yeah, an NPC yeah, tab? an NPC yeah. tab. Okay. But at the bottom of that tab is just names. Because right. the, the thing I was trying to address <coughs> was something that Stork said very early in Traveler, which was, I would, I'd be like, oh, wait, I gotta be, mm, and I would spend a bunch of time to figure something out. Wanting to, to be like super accurate to Star Wars right. or find just the right thing or whatever. And I realized I just gotta have a bunch of shit available. Right. Because I gotta go where you guys go. And mm-hmm. I think that's the that's that part of that yes and we talk about. And the yeah, more you can, absolutely. I don't have to write who all those NPCs are. I just always have like twenty names at the bottom of a page. Yep. And oh yeah. Some are humany and some are alieny. And <laughs> so okay, uh, maybe maybe then the answer to his question more fully is it's not a matter of being subtle. It's a matter of rolling with whatever the players are going with. Yeah. So it's not like you're trying to insert your plot with them. You need to you need to see, listen to what they're doing and and fold it into right. what they're going. And if you give them something and they don't take it. But go after something else, yeah. like you said, sort repurpose it. Okay, boom, yeah, right. Oh, yes, that's where it is. Or, you yeah. know, as opposed to him being uh, the mad bomber with bombs at midnight. Oh, yeah, <laughs> the guy's a sniper. Right, that's how he's going to take out the president. Because they're looking for a sniper. Okay, great. Right. And if you do it right, hopefully at the end they're like, wow, that was crazy how we figured that out. That's really all you want yeah. as the GM. Exactly. You want them to be happy. Before we answer Hivemind's question, someone just asked a GURPS question very <laughs> yeah, quickly. Fuck you, Hivemind. GURPS question. <laughs> uh, in GURPS, there are mass combat rules. In 3rd edition GURPS, the rules first appeared in GURPS Horse Clans, and then later in either GURPS Compendium 1 or 2. I do not remember which one. This is 3rd edition. I do not know if they've republished them in 4th edition. You need to ask Mook. He knows, knows more about that shit than I do. That's Nerd. it. Nice. <laughs> to answer his question, which the players... Or the players. Wait, let's so restate let's the question. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say we should yeah. restate What it. are some ways to maintain enthusiasm... Maintain. Maintain, maintain enthusiasm. Enthusiasm <laughs> for a game what meets so infrequently. <laughs> especially one that is almost entirely character-driven and sandbox. Why? <laughs> My thought is that... The, the uh, set up some place where the players can exchange notes yes. or journal That's or right. uh, something like that. I, I'm trying to remember whose game it was where the players were sending stuff out of game time to each other. Two two places that's happened. Well, the biggest one that happened was Tappy's Traveler game. That was uh, because we all played on the Google Christ. Yeah. Right. And so we were constantly interacting outside of the game because none of us were physically ever in the same place either. And you really got used to using that. Right. Another great example, and I did put this up in the um, on the forums, was because we were having a, a a little a little bit of time between games. Rob totally jumped in and sent all the players. First time I've ever had a player actually yes. send stuff outside of game. Right, that was awesome. sent all the other players NDAs and <laughs> contracts to be a part of yeah, his awesome. mercenary thing, and so and and. Everything was individualized, those people. And then, so when we came into the game session, there was a call, yeah, it's fine, I signed that. No, wait, let me ask you about this. Like, right. you know, Mazer didn't get one. Nah, I already worked for you. It's fine, boss. You know, that kind of thing. And so there was, there was, but that was all done outside of it. And there was, it got talked about briefly during the game, but that kept everybody engaged in that off time. 
I was trying to remember a story that somebody said where the people were so engaged in the game that, that when the game wasn't running, they were emailing each other back and forth oh, in right. character. And I'm trying to remember what... Uh, it's somebody we know that had that happen. But <laughs> I would encourage your players, especially with Monster Hearts, maybe to pass the love notes back and forth or like you know notes in class to each other. Once a week, somebody will send notes. Or maybe you I ask a question and they answer back in character. Even, even if you set up a Facebook group or Obsidian oh, yeah. Portal or something like that. Mm-hmm. And everybody can group. post their... A Facebook, yeah. book is gr- a Facebook group is great. We did that in the Tappy game. And we used to like put pictures up in there yeah. and back and yep. forth and ideas. Yep. It's you. The social medias are your friend. <laughs> if yeah. only someone would figure out how to use Twitter for their game, that would be amazing. Yeah, right? that's not yeah. possible. And I think when you do play, uh, having some sort of ground rules about bullshit and then try to be true to play and then not get too into the digressions or off topic or what you're going to do because you're playing with friends mm-hmm. but if you kind of try to keep the game time pure it's hard it is hard there it is that's our suggestion it looks like we yeah. all agree unless somebody else has yeah. anything else yeah nope. what do you like to do chris well, how do you like to stay engaged with our merry band of Eldamese? Occasionally, we chat about stuff outside of game, but not that often. Um, I mean, I used to be in the hero game that Gina's in, and there mm-hmm. wasn't there is an Obsidian portal for it, or there was an Obsidian portal thing for it, but nobody ever populated it really. Uh uh-uh. uh. I'd go back and read backstory because, again, that was one where we missed a lot of games. And yep. then go back and read, okay, I need to get up to speed on the different gods. I forget where we're going. What's the characteristic of that land? Yeah. So that was helpful as a reference. But we didn't do a lot of um, interplay during off time. You know what's actually weirdly helpful, and to me as a GM, is the actual plays we record. Like, we're a little spoiled from that. Mm. But, oh my God, I go back and listen. If we haven't played for like three weeks or something, I go yeah, back and go- listen. You're like, and oh, yeah. I keep meaning to do that with our Eldemy game, again, because sometimes we go a long time between mm-hmm. games. It's like, we would go go to, go to recap. I'm like, I have no idea. I should have listened to that. I should have done my homework before we sat back down at the table. The thing that's also, and look, and even if you're never going to put them anywhere with the propensity of devices that we all own that can record. Oh, mm-hmm. sure. If you're GMing, for yourself, record the game. Yeah. Like, and then go back and listen to it. What I have found is is... I am learning from that is how different over time the players or the characters' perceptions are of reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of like what happened or didn't happen. Right? Because oh, yeah. if I asked you guys, if I got all the group together and said, and I brought a specific plot point or moment that happened and said, what happened? Like, I would, it would be fascinating to see what the group mind think was. Of how history was rewritten, of what happened in that actual event, well, isn't that the and what actually happened? But that's reality. Like the, the way Trink <clears throat> saw one event, it's going to be completely different than the way Lord Arapto did. Absolutely. So the way he tells the story is going to be different than the way Lord Arapto did, right. or and the way that phenomenon is exactly why if if one character at the table gets some sort of information, I write it out on a piece of paper mm-hmm. and hand it to them yeah. because invariably yep. they will. Describe the information differently to the rest of the group than I would have described it to them verbally. And sometimes also, on purpose. And it all, yeah. yeah, right. It gives them the opportunity to say, like, you know what? I'm going to only tell the group 80% of what's on here. Right. Or this is this is the stuff my character would have thought was important. This other information he just gave me, I would not consider that important. Right. 
Or what? Mm -hmm. I don't know what that has to do with maintaining enthusiasm for the game. It doesn't. But, well, no, but I think I think where it, where it does is if you if you as a GM, then you could say, look, I'm going to set up little things that I'm going to email everybody. Yeah. Right. Hey, here's a th here's some information that you get. Right. Like, mm -hmm. or here's this thing you get. Like, Stu's missed the last couple of sessions, so this week we've chatted about okay, what happened? Why did right. it happen? What effect does that have on your character? Right. So even though he hasn't been in the game, hope the hope is that he feels connected. And then when he comes back in and you guys are like all, Spar, where the fuck have you been? It, you he know can, what? He can tell you whatever he wants to tell you because we know what really happened. It, it, here's a great thought. It's, it takes a little work on, on Hivemind's part, but it's Monster Heart. It's supposed to take place in a high school, right? So maybe every okay. week you put out a high school newsletter about what's been happening in the high school. Oh, sure. Or like the football yeah. team just lost <clears throat> another, you know, and you have this little newsletter that keeps people in and have them encourage them to respond to it or talk to each other mm -hmm. about it. And just have it, you know, the other thing, too, is like just have everybody text each other. Uh -huh. And you can even have a little thing where it's like, look, if I start a text to you with this emoji or MH, capital MH, before, like, that's my character texting you. Right. Right? Like, that. I, that's one thing I really wanted to do in a game, a modern setting game or something, is, like, oh, is really use your mobile device. Right. To, to give mm -hmm. people information and get stuff and, like, it, and, and because then you can kind of keep doing it when people aren't around in the middle of the game. Like if you just saw if you were like oh and I go oh I got a text oh it's got MH in front of it right oh it's shit in character. it's, about, it's <laughs> in character okay mm -hmm. we talked about this early on when we first started the podcast there was a game out there called Majestic where mm -hmm. they right. were going to call you and send you mail <coughs> and uh, you know it was just mail. like this fully interact yeah, yeah. yeah it's going to be like a, a fully interactive like you'd be at work days, and a package arrives I would have a buffalo up. come to your home with a package <laughs> strapped on its back. But, I mean, you don't want to get that creepy, but there, there are ways, I think, to just sort of keep people, uh, let them remember, you know, via the Twitters and Googles and Facebooks. And MySpaces. 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 <laughs> Google <laughs> Pluses. See live journals. I, 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 I like the term face pages. Face pages? Face pages. <laughs> face range, if you watch Degrassi. I would, like, I would like you to come on my Facebook and like it. <laughs> the Tale okay. of the Angry Dwarf, another Gen Con horror story from Juliet. Yep. I got it. It's Go. a thousand Hello, pages long. Happy Jackarios. Oh, I know it. You know what? It's a horror story, though. Is it? Is oh, it? By the way, Jackarios, like, or is it Hakarios? Somebody else out there is, is encouraging. Uh, they even call them GM horror stories. Guys. There's somebody else out there that's asking for them, and they're this, so uh, we really? started a trend. Who? I don't remember. I'll see if I can find oh, it. somebody. Oh no! Here, this is. I know. I know someone who's doing it. Yeah, and it's great. So Scott Kurtz. Uh -huh. Who does oh, PvP okay. online? He right. also is just coming out. It was Kickstartered, and I know I got it. Cause I got my PDF version of Table Titan, which is a comic that he does that's about a role playing group, uh -huh. right? And it's hilarious. And so he did a book on it. And they also play D and D with these characters, and they podcast them. I believe they podcast them and stuff. And they've had people just sending them like, "Here's my gaming horror stories." Oh. Um, and it's hilarious. I want to get Scott on Trademark. to oh, yeah. talk about like being a creative guy and being an artist, um, really loving gaming, and how he then combined, mm -hmm. you know, all that together. Yeah. So I, he said he'd come on. So we'll oh, did he? Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That'd be great. Guys, this was super super cute. Um, Stu like 
uh, leaned back in his chair like he was in front of a fireplace with like a smoking jacket and stuff and he's like nestled in waiting for the horror story. I am. It was super cute. (laughs) It was was kind of adorable. (laughs) You're like, horror story. I love horror stories. (laughs) (laughs) Squee. What what do they call it? Um, Schadenfreude? Schadenfreude. Stu put the horror in horror story. (laughs) (laughs) I put the or in horror story. There's a lot of ores. I put the whole. How many? There's like so many ores in horror story. <laughs> there are. It's a multitude. Horror. Horror star. Horror. Long time listener here. Even Aaron Boy. We're punchy. You should do that. You should be. You should be. Kurt. I could. I gotta shave the beard. I still. I was wearing moo-moo the beard, man. <laughs> That's just like your opinion, man. <laughs> I watched it again last night. Such a funny at movie. At 2 o'clock in the morning. How, so you didn't watch that forever, and now you're like a junkie. <laughs> watched it. I, I, th- I think I just started the fourth time in like it's a hysterical, month. isn't it? It is. <laughs> every, every time you Shut watch it, Shut the fuck up, new. Donnie. You're out of your element, Donnie. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> you should just start over, Gina. Right. <laughs> I don't even remember the first two words. No, you will. It was happy jacarillos. Chacarillos. Uh, Chacarillos. Sabado Segonte. Sabado Segonte. Sabado Where's the reverb? Long time listener here, though it's been a while since I last wrote in. But I'm excited to share my very own horror story from this year's Gen Con. Have a drink and oh. settle in for the tale of the angry dwarf. It begins as I sit down on a Thursday morning for my very first game of the con, Shadowrun. Fourth edition. The story picks up where the previous year's game left off. We had been contra- contracted, 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 <laughs> like a disease. We contracted, contracted syphilis. It's the same word. You just put the emphasis on a different <laughs> syllable. We had been contracted to steal a power source, a source in quotes, from a top secret facility, only to find that it was actually a little girl. Little girls are powerful. They are. They own me. Like in Doctor Who, where there's a little girl <laughs> on the thing. The team consists of a human combat mage, me, a dwarf medic, which is also in quotes, with mostly healing spells, an orc security guy, an elf decker, a driver, and a sniper. We start by arguing over what to do with the girl. Most of... Most just want to deliver her and get paid. The dwarf seems to feel personally betrayed, so he goes one further. I want to shoot her in the face. Because if you screw me over like that, I'm going to shoot you and dump you out of the car. Remember, he's the medic. Nobody takes him seriously, though. We figure he's establishing character. Guessing that the little girl is a plot hook, I start talking to her. (laughs) Hello, little plot hook. How are you? (laughs) Awesome. She won't say much beyond, I want my wolf. One by one, most of the group is persuaded to help try to find the wolf. The only holdouts are the elf hacker and the dwarf medic. The elf eventually gives in when the orc tells her, remember that night we got really drunk and we were never going to speak about again? I might remember that night if we don't help her. I know. I want to know what happened. Me too. So we said, that's not a horror story. That's the, yeah, that's in the erotica section. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you have little orc in you? You want some? You want some more? <laughs> don't, ever, don't talk. 
don't look at me. Don't look at me. Don't look at look at me. <laughs> oh Lord, we what? all laugh. Oh wait, wait, wait! I totally lost my face. So my face, off. my place. <laughs> I'm off my face. So we set off. Yeah. No, I'm in the completely wrong paragraph. Remember so we set off right? to look really for drunk, the wolf. We Stork's hair is great. <laughs> or Spork's hair is great, which I saw in the chat room. Spork's hair. They were talking about spooning he and forking. He sparked it with a spoon and a fork. He sparked it. <laughs> That's a new one. I haven't gotten spork anymore. I've gotten stroke. I've gotten star. Spork's spork. a new one. Spork. I have my own spork, you know. <laughs> there will always be a stork in Winterfell. <laughs> <laughs> That's a new one, too. <laughs> My favorite one of those is actually there's a picture of Robert Downey Jr. going, There right. shall always be a Stark in Winterfell. <laughs> anyway. So we set off to look for the wolf, with the dwarf grousing all the way because he's been overruled. About two hours in, we found a mysterious underground compound in the mountains where we think the wolf is probably located. The dwarf has taken every opportunity to grumble. grumble. I still say we should have shot her in the face. They never said she had to be alive when we delivered her. We all laugh every time, including the GM, who compliments the player on staying in character. The Decker and the security guy are working on how to get the, past the perimeter fence when the GM tells us that the girl is walking up to the gate. I'm going to fucking kneecap her, says the dwarf, because I'm sick of her. And I'm dead serious. I'm shooting her in the leg. This is horseshit. And I'm not going to die for her. I've had it. No more. So now we're in combat. <laughs> What's he so afraid of? What's she gonna do? What is? It? I'm not gonna die know. for her because she's just walking up to the gate. Well, she was a plot hook, so I'm sure. Oh, right. He had a disadvantage. Does not trust plot hooks. Exactly. I'm playing my character, dude. <laughs> so we're in combat. That's a player disad. Derailing the plan we were about to attempt. The dwarf shoots the girl twice in the leg before the rest of the characters have any warning of what he's doing. Our characters are too scattered to do too much so we have to sit around for about 20 minutes while the dwarf essentially has a two round solo combat scene with the girl he says I'll heal her afterwards it's cool I just don't like being hosed over is all I told you what I felt in the beginning the girl then turns around unhurt and zaps him with lightning power source remember the player goes into deep discussion with the GM about how the dwarf can survive the attack <laughs> Okay, I survive, right? All right, I, know, no, I right? can survive, right? Just, uh, let me tell you how we're going to survive this because I'm going to roll. Uh, okay, because uh, I didn't expect actually like die. Right. Uh, right, dwarf. I just want to know the best way I can live through this. Elf. Then why did you shoot her, dwarf? Because I fucking hate her, and I need her to know that this is all about sending a message saying I hate you. <laughs> oh, this guy's got issues. Fucking little girls almost broken my heart. Orc. No, it's sending a message saying you want to fuck up the game. Dwarf, well, you know what? I paid the same money to be here that you did. I said early on, let's do it this way. Everybody said, no, let's go do something that's going to get everybody fucking killed. So how's about that? GM, uh, why don't you roll your reaction? <laughs> Dwarf, no, that's all right. Fuck this. He wants to be angry about it. I'm sorry I ruined your game. And he stands up and starts to gather his stuff. <laughs> 
Oh my god. That's the polite version of a table flip. Yeah. The, part, the part I like the most of that whole rant, he's like, no, let's do something that's going to get everybody fucking killed. So about that? Uh, why don't you roll your reaction? <laughs> <laughs> Jan is like desperately trying to throw some semblance of normality. Uh, can we play, can hey, we play the game uh, again? Remember the game that we're here for? <laughs> A couple of us try to talk him into staying, but he walks out. Yeah, why? At that point, it's like, go! Please, leave. Fanfare. Here, let me help you get your shit out of the way. Awkward quietness, and then... After we've recovered, we go on with the game. The GM says the dwarf is lying on the ground, twitching and throwing off sparks after the lightning blast. I talk the girl out of killing him outright, but she says she doesn't want to see him. So we throw him in the trunk of the car. (laughs) Meanwhile, the compound has been alerted by the commotion. The gates open and a bunch of armored vehicles roll out. I slap an invisibility spell on the car and we drive in after they leave. We leave the car in the compound parking lot and enter the building. I have to drop the invisibility when we get too far away. We take an elevator to the lowest basement where the girl finds her wolf. It turns into a sword, and she immediately teleports us out. I guess that's where next year's game will start. When it was all over, I realized the dwarf was still locked in the trunk of the car <laughs> sitting on enemy territory. I told oh, the GM nice. the dwarf should join the bad guys and come back next year as a villain. And that is my Gen Con horror story. If you found it entertaining at all, it will be some small repayment for the hours of fun I've had listening to your podcast. Juliet. P.S. I heard the other Gen Con story, which was a doozy, and I hope you don't get the idea that Gen Con is just a big cesspit of awful gaming. Mostly it's great. It's just that the con is big and there are bound to be a few juicy tales. That's kind of what I assume. Oh, yeah. yeah. When, when, I mean, th- there have been a few gaming horror stories from Oricon or Gateway or whatever. Yeah. A few. But when you, when you take the number of people that are there and multiply it by a factor of... I don't know. 10, 10? 50? Yeah. 40? You're going to have that many more horror stories. Yep. It's just the way it is. And they're I, glorious. I just, this guy just is a, a fucking prima donna <laughs> man child. The first thing, like first 10 minutes of the game, I want to really shoot her in the face because you don't screw me over like that. No, I'm going to shoot her in the face. I'm like, what's wrong with you, dude? You don't shoot little kid. He doesn't even have the decency to actually flip, flip well, the Well, it's not like she's a real person. She's just a power source. And he's not even role-playing. He's, <laughs> just, he's just... He's just being an asshole. My, my favorite part was, because I fucking hate her, and I need her to know that. This is all about sending a message saying, I hate you. That's <laughs> <laughs> like what my brother <laughs> said to me when, when I was like... 12. <laughs> sending a message, sending a message saying I can't I let the you. little girl get away with whatever it is she's getting away with. <laughs> Being a power source. I can't let her do that. It sounds like my daughter. She's 10. It's true. <laughs> right. That's totally what I was yeah. I hate you. You know, the, the I thing I thought you. was this interesting This is all about that. sending you a message saying, I hate you. <laughs> I'm going to send it by text. You've ruined my life. I hate homework. I hate having to do it. And you're the one making me do it. I hate, I hate you. you. I hope you die. Do <laughs> 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 you just laugh? <laughs> Stu's like, <laughs> do your homework. <laughs> You're still not working on your homework. That's nice, honey. That's <laughs> the, nice. Thing I, the thing I thought was kind of interesting is that even after all that, all that horror, the Juliet says, "You know what you should do." 
is make that guy the bad <laughs> guy, which is great, <laughs> right? right? <laughs> and it's and it's one of those things. And and Stork, you guys, I don't know if you guys have had this or not. But <coughs> we've we've talked about the the pluses and, and minuses of kind of running franchised games, right? At cons where mm-hmm. and, you know, and, oh yeah. And I've run four Grim games now. I think with the same characters, and at the end of every game. Something happens where it's like, oh, oh my god, that's the next game. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it's crazy. The one that I ran at this really? con was based off of at the last con. Uh-huh. They happened to bring Alice through with them, and so it's like now you've got Alice who's yeah. from Dickensian times, and but she's in this modern world, and she's like, oh, and she's like, I never, I don't, I don't know where my parents are. I don't know where I don't know where I am, and they're like, oh, oh my god, you've got to get her home. At the end of getting her home. <coughs> She goes through this licking glass, and then the white... Licking glass? The licking glass. <laughs> I saw that, Alice, in Wonderland. It's actually right. a pretty good hot. film. It's actually right. a really good film. Yeah. Alice in Thunderland. No, it's actually... Through the licking glass. Through the licking glass, that's right. Um, and so she went through, and then the white queen says, basically, think, or Alice tells him, think about where you want to be. Where's the place you want to be most in the world, and that's where you'll go. And so they all, the kids all think of their home, but the one kid who's the dreamer, if you played Grimm, so they're mm-hmm. in, in the Grimlands, like whatever they think of starts happening. They're kind of the ma- the mages, sort of, when they're in Grimm. It's the state puff marshmallow man. That's right. So he walks up, and the guy who was playing him said, I walk <coughs> into the glass, I'm kind of looking at this paper that I've been drawing on, and he walks to the mirror, and he bumps into it. And, it, and he doesn't go through. Because here, he's not the, he's the not weird, different. nerdy, artsy mm-hmm. clip. Like, he made a dragon, like he did all this stuff. So I'm like, oh my god, like the next game is is basically so this kid's been missing for a couple weeks, nobody knows where he is, the kids know where he is, they go back because of time differences, I can do whatever I want. And the kid's name? Arthur. I'm like, oh, holy oh, shit! Oh, like yeah. this is so awesome, yeah. right? <laughs> so like I've that's got so awesome. much to work with for whatever the next game is. And I think that's such a fun game. As a GM, that's Super cool, even if you can do it at cons. And if you go to the same con a lot, like we get the privilege of doing by playing right. the same one year in your ear, you know, you've had people that have played multiple times in Freak Show, yeah, multi- trying different characters. They want to come back and play the same character, and yep. what's happened before informs what they do moving forward. Uh, not really. I just make each one sort of a standalone because I, I haven't killed any of the characters and stuff that happens. <coughs> I, because I can't guarantee that everybody that's playing in the new game knows what happened in the old game, and I think it's unfair. Well, let me ask you this: What if a car- what if one of the PCs dies in one of the games? Will you bring him back by the next game? Probably. Bullshit. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> Bullshit, sir. That's just because you don't want to have to make another PC. No, actually, I have a couple more freaks that I could easily come up with because I, I've just been thinking about it. But I kind of feel like just because somebody else had had a mistake or made a bad dice roll and killed the character doesn't mean that the next game the people have to carry that person's mistake with them. Well, if you have other ideas for me, or, or you could make the next two characters and that'll take you six months, just, and then have eight characters, and then people can pick the six they want. Yeah, I just, I, I just try to make each one a standalone game. Just, I think it makes right, it yeah. simpler for the players as well. That way, it's not. What do the other players do? Because I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, mess up the history. I'm like, I don't care. Play the character you want to play. No, but sure. but it's less about messing up the history. And it's more. There's some kind of, but the continuity you have is it's like all your characters have done stuff all together well, yeah. a bunch. Yeah. Right. And that's where because I've done this a few times where we got to start in the last scream game was you've all experienced this before. 
maybe not all together, but there you have a commonality in that you've all somehow gone into the checkerboard kingdoms before. So I didn't have to. The first time I ran it, it was like, oh my god, what happened? It's totally weird. There was a whole right. sense of exploration. But now I can say these characters are experienced with this, and it does help. It's a shortcut because now nobody has to like hide their powers from everybody. And right now, nobody has to sit around and go, well, do you do you know I'm magic? And right. everybody's and like, you guys all know everybody else's powers. Right. Oh, and, okay. Right. And yet and there's built-in connections yeah. too. Right. Yeah. And I do it. I do it in their backstories, in in Grimm, and, and you do it with like all. You're part of this team. Yeah. Like you all just do this. Uh, and that's why I think that's a continuity that that you get to build from game to game, you know. And right. even saying like, "Hey, What's previously you've liked this or haven't liked that." Benji says continuity means yes and. Okay. <laughs> really? Is that what that means? That's what it means. I've never looked it up in the dictionary. He would know. He works he's fair. <laughs> he's <laughs> named after a he's named after a cute dog. He would. I him. saw that movie. That was one of the very first movies I saw. In there the were like theater. ten of them. Yeah. I saw the first one. Wow, yeah, I did too, the original. Little yep. mangrove. Yeah. I like what I like what Mr. Manowar says. Stork doesn't have bad dice rolls. He has creative failures. <laughs> <laughs> now see, and and Angry would argue with that saying, you know, you failed, you you're a loser, you failed, get out of my game. So <laughs> Nice. Out. Out. Oh, dread Are we done? Bork. That's it. Uh, Close-ish. Yeah, yeah. Okay. out of emails. Unless right, there's anything right. interesting anybody's asked. And I know. I'm, I'm no, th- th- those are all leftover. <laughs> leftover. <laughs> and yes, uh, Nafzib, there is an amazing '70s Alice porn. Yes, I have there is. seen that. It is oh. actually really good. Yeah, it's and it is hysterical. <laughs> it's no, it's like funny. <laughs> it's, it's funny. It's it's actually funny. There's nudity and stuff, but it's it's '70s porn, and so it's nothing really a hardcore, and it's actually pretty funny. And it's. <laughs> There's there's some songs in it that are right. actually catchy. They're like dancing around. Yeah, like, it's a musical. Yeah, and I was like, I was listening to like the Humpty Dumpty song. Going, this is actually a pretty good song, and it's hysterical. Is it called Humpty Pumpy? No, it should be. But there's a uh, and then Dave Humpty we were, Pumpty. Because we were talking about Alice and David said, "Oh my God!" In the '80s, there was some like Alice in Wonderland. Te- like they did it on television. And so he found it and brought it over. And uh-huh. the next night, that we can't play on a Monday or something, and we're like, like if right. you're sick, because that's 98% I, I, yeah, of the reason. Yeah. Um, Dave's like, keep it here, and then we'll just come to your house, and we will watch Alice in Wonderland. Martin Short? And- yeah, it's like everybody yeah. who was big in the 80s on yeah. television is Oh, there. really? Okay, you have to watch it sometime when I'm there, because I love Alice. Yes. Stuff. Have you seen the porn? I have not. I want to now. It's, you can find it on the YouTubes. It's it's actually on, on YouTube. YouTube. What's, what's, not that Storks looked up porn well, on YouTube. I, it, what's what was so funny? Red, I read. A, I you had mean a, red too? When I was a kid, I, no. Well, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. No, I typed it on YouTube. And it came up, but it's edited. And it, but what I remembered as a kid because I remember like sneaking up and watching the show. What am I reading? And like not digging it. It was like the first sort oh, of porn. I, and then watching it now with the songs, I'm like, this is funny. This is great. Okay, Benji says, okay, folks, name which you'd prefer, mage or changeling or ellipses. I know I'm going to regret it. Name the game or genre, and I'll run it at the next con. Wow. What do you want to play, Stork? I want to play mage. Mage. Okay, mage. So mote it be. (laughs) But he's not running 19 games at the con. I believe there's not 19 slots. You know what, though? No, there. Says that. Uh, not because, it's not because anybody's making him. I think you're right. He says he's prepping two games, but he has like 15 more. 
That's and awesome. The, no, that's awesome. Excited. He's Go, excited. One yeah. of us. One of us. Go. Yeah. He's, he's prepping his next three What's cons Stork, worth of games. Stork knows the Earl off the top of his head. Oh, the Alice? Is that? The URL? Yeah. For the Alice porn? I, 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 the problem is I don't remember the actual name of the. It's not. I think it, I don't think it's Alice in Wonderland. It's like Alice. I don't know. So. The Boneland or something. No, <laughs> it's not. Laugh. It's not nearly that. It's not nearly that crass. It's just the odd thing about it. <laughs> Alice it's porn, but it's really classy. It well, it, it is. Have it's seventies porn. It's, it's really? soft porn by our in standards. And it's, oh, it's gotcha. Yeah. They did some weird There's Alice, Alice in Wonderland, an X-rated musical fantasy. That's it. That and it's what? available on xvideos.com. Those people uh, X-videos. were... <laughs> Are you sure that's not 10 videos? It, Maybe it's a video. <laughs> it could be. It, might, it may be... 10videos.com <laughs> I'm going to guess there's more than 10 videos. There. You know what we should do? <laughs> you know what we should you and I should get some beers and then like live stream us on Twitch watching that and just to see the sound. Oh, <laughs> like m- Mystery Science Theater only. Right. MST 3000. Yeah. <gasps> yes. MST 3K. <laughs> MST 3K but porn. But like bad 70s Yay! porn. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Magic, the X-rated music, Mage, the X-rated musical fantasy. Harry the Harry Pottering. The pottering. <laughs> Harry the Pottering. Harry the Pottering. <laughs> my my favorite of the uh, when we were in college, mm-hmm. I, I found one that was called. It was it was like it was supposed to be taking place at a Fourth of July party. It was the setting for it? It was Yank My Doodle. It's a Dandy. Which <laughs> was, I remember that title. <laughs> so good. Wow. So Yank good. My That's Doodle. Classic. It's a Dandy. <laughs> That's going to be one of Bolt Upright's porn movies. Wait, 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 the wait, my doodle that's a dandy. Bolt write a song. Two. Write a song two. Two. that. That's a song. <laughs> totally broke, Chris. It's like a boggard song. Chris is broke. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there are some actual porn movies that were hysterical, like Ordinary Peepholes. <laughs> And Idaho Smith and the Temple of Poon. See, here's the thing is, they used to care <laughs> they so much more about the titles and making them funny. Now it's just like, oh, Ass Blasters 43. Right. Nobody gives a shit. No, you don't get genital patent anymore. No. 1985, Yank See? My Doodle, It's a Dandy. Right? There it is. You know what? And where did, IMDb. And where is it IMDb. Of course. It's the Internet Movie Database. I'll bet you Harry Reams is in it. Harry Reams? <laughs> <laughs> no, he might have been too old by then. Let's see. You're never too old to have your... Uh, Damon Christian, Billy D, Gary Eberhardt, Gabriella, one name, Elmo Lavino. Oh, Elmo Lavino was brilliant, by the way. His, <laughs> his, his Summerstock Shakespeare, spot on. Oh my God, his Othello was brilliant. Here you go, Rick Ryder. <laughs> Rick Ryder. He plays Sharky. And then Herschel Savage plays Roscoe. Herschel. There's only one woman in this entire porn movie? Shauna, Gabriella... Melissa Melendez. There's, There's three. three. All right. It's about uh, your doodle. Yeah. <laughs> Something oh makes God. me think you're always going to find more men who are willing to do porn than women. <laughs> what? <laughs> Saturday Night Beaver. <laughs> oh Did you God. find the list, the top ten list of the best porn names ever? Oh, yeah, yeah. Somebody, the Sperminator. The Sperminator. I, I saw that one. Classic. Oh, no. All right. So here's the top 21. You've got mail. Everyone I did last summer. <laughs> the booby guard. Oh, no. Ocean's eleven inches. <laughs> E.T. the extra testicle. <laughs> you know what? Stu will never watch that porn. 
because he's heard so much about it and he doesn't want to be disappointed. I've never seen E.T. <laughs> Night right. of the Giving yes, Head. Yes, I'm aware of Wait, that. Wait, Night of the Giving Head? <laughs> Night of the Giving Head. <laughs> Seven of the Sperminator. Edward Penis Hands. That's... Mm-hmm. Nah. Yeah, 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 that that's one. The Bone Ranger. <laughs> <laughs> Goodwill Humping. A Few Hard Men. Eh. Village of the Rammed. Eh. Cliffbanger? What's that from? I don't... Cliff- Cliffhanger. Cliffhanger. Uh, oh, Cliffhanger. <laughs> Breast Side Story. <laughs> <laughs> On any given come day. Crazy. A clockwork orgy. <laughs> an officer and a gentleman. <laughs> that's, that's stretching it a little. Oh, oh okay. I think this, this might be my favorite so far. Gulp fiction. <laughs> it's right above Oklahoma. I'm not sure how I feel about that one. <laughs> Beverly Hills 9021 Ho. <laughs> Lame. The Bear Bitch Project. Agree. My Bear Lady. <laughs> Bitantic. I don't know uh, that one. Wait, what one? Bitantic. Bitantic. Not Titanic. Titanic. Oh, because they're, they're bi. Oh, I got it. And it's, yeah. And here's another one Pulp Friction. You already had Gulp Fiction. Well, so they, they were Gulp funny. Fiction's better. Buffy yeah. the Vampire Lair. <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember On Golden Blonde. That was a classic. <laughs> That's a classic. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Phil Bill. <laughs> well, sure. Womb Raider. Geranal Park. So I'll just put it in Geranal Park. Oh my God. You already have Jurassic Park, so you know, yeah. Okay. Anyway. Forest Rump. Yeah. Forest Rump. That's good. Sorest Rump. Sorest, Sorest Rump. Brazier <laughs> to Eternity. And my doodle, it's a dandy. And, and, yek, and uh, yek No Mochi said, Ask Blasters 43 is the name of my next Traveler campaign. And there that's you go. That's pretty good. That should and totally the Ordinary it. Peepholes wasn't in there. Oh, there, that's I don't good. Remember the, no, I don't remember the name of it, but there was an RPG system Wait, that was based <laughs> on the fact that um, your, your characters by... By day, were all porn stars, and at night they were superheroes. You're right. I can't remember. Yes, and that was the premise for it. And I can't remember what the I'm hell running it was. that at the con. That's awesome because <laughs> we can use all these titles. Well, you pretty much you could probably run that in Spirit of '77. That'd be great. I'm sure. That well, anyway, we'll me. we'll leave that. We'll leave the people to find that. I gotta Unfortunately, go. I gotta, I gotta when you put porn star in <laughs> a, a Google search, yeah, and with yeah. the word RPG. It starts out with porn. <laughs> You're like, no, I'm no, not wait. seeing it. Big Bang Empire. Oh, but there's the great playing D and D with porn stars, uh, which is yep. brilliant. Which, right. which the Boggards simulated. We did in pants. Yeah, I wear no pants. Right. Oh, you're right. Yeah. yeah. We had the we had the very talented and very sweet Paris Kennedy. I'm glad she said simulated, not stimulated. Hmm. Whatever. However, you want to hold your dice. It doesn't yes. matter to me. <laughs> <laughs> right. Should we call it? Sure. We're listeners of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast Weekend. Thank you for joining us for Season 15, Episode 12 of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. This is Chris. This is Gina. This is Stuart. And this is Colonel Sanders. <laughs> and we'll see you in February. At the convention, and also next Friday for the show. Happy Jackson Hurts last night. Thank you very much, and we'll leave you this song. Ta-ta. <laughs>
stood a filing his hammer laid by but his forge still aglow when to him a buxom young damsel came smiling and asked if to work at her forge he would go with a jingle bang jingle bang jingle bang jingle with a jingle bang jingle bang the smith and they went off together along to the young damsel's forge they did go they stripped to go to twas hot work in hot weather she kindled his fire and soon made him blow with a jingle bang jingle bang jingle bang jingle with a jingle bang jingle bang jingle high hall her husband she said no good work could afford her his strength and his tools were worn out long ago the smith said what matter in very good order and now I With a jingle bang jingle bang jingle bang jingle with a jingle bang jingle bang jingle high hall Red hot grew his iron his belt to desire and he was too wise not to strike what was so quoth she what i get i get out of the fire and pray strike hard and redouble the blow with a jingle bang jingle bang jingle bang jingle with a jingle bang jingle bang jingle high Soft in the forge in a minute or so And often was hard and still beating and beating But each time it softened, it hardened more slow With a jingle, bang, jingle, bang, jingle, bang, jingle With a jingle, bang, jingle, bang, jingle, hi-ho The smith then would go, quote the dame, full of sorrow Oh, what would I give, could my husband do so? Good lad, with your hammer, come hither tomorrow But pray, can't you use it once more ere you go? With a jingle, bang, jingle, bang, jingle, bang, jingle With a jingle, bang, jingle, bang, jingle, hi-ho With a jingle, bang, jingle, bang, jingle, bang, jingle With a jingle, bang, jingle, bang, jingle The preceding program has been a presentation of the Angry Folk Media Empire. Bum, bum, bum